0: Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 201 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined this wonderful morning by my good friend, Ray Vargas. How are you doing, Ray?
1: Early morning. Early, early morning. Early morning. morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. We were, uh, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. We were up late watching Endgame.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm we're all I know waited with waiting with bated breath <laughs> <laughs> to find out how it all went. Yeah,
1: how you been, Joe? Oh, uh, my last day of school was Friday. Oh. Okay, what does that mean though? <laughs> <laughs> Because
0: there's always more work to be done. It's true, but I've got to say, Ray, this was a weird – I don't know if you've ever been on campus on the last day of school. I think you have a couple of times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know how there's just kind of a feeling, like there's closure. People are, you know, chatting about what they're going to be doing over the summer, signing last-minute yearbooks. Right, right. Faculties, like, you know, talking about what they're going to be doing over the summer and, oh, we better get together and – All that. Yeah. None of that happened. None of it because the kids weren't on campus the last day. Um, I had, (laughs) I had this checkout paper, which was basically for me, a scavenger hunt to try and find all the people that needed to sign me out.
1: (laughs) Are you serious?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to go, like we got a two page paper. I probably about eight to 10 signatures I had to get before I could leave campus. Um I had to have my grades done before I left campus. I had to have my um, keys checked out and then, or checked in and then checked back out to me. I had to make sure that my attendance was taken care of. Like I had to go to each of these individuals and they had to physically sign a piece of paper that said, yes, he can leave. (laughs) What, what was the, what was the thinking behind that? Well, just because like, so I guess so that nobody like zips off without doing the things that they need to get done, like their closing chores, I guess. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't odd. I mean, like we we always have things to sign and things to do at the end of the school year at any school. But for me, it's like I don't know where any of these people are. I don't know who right. half of these people are. Right. So luckily I'm I'm part of uh they put me on Link Crew, which is basically the group that organizes activities for freshmen. Um, which makes sense because I'm a theater, theater teacher. So I can always grab a couple kids and go warm up games, go. Yep. And uh, it's like Pokemon, just like throw the pokeball at them and like <laughs> drama kids pop out. Um, so, uh, so luckily the registrar who's in charge of grades is also on link crew. So once I found her office, cause I've only talked to her on zoom, I was able to kind of walk in and go, hi. And she's oh let me sign your stuff. It's so nice to meet you in person. Yes. yeah, let me. I'm Like, okay. Um, I don't know who any of these other people I was gonna are. say, you just got there. <laughs> just got there. Just got there. And so she's like, oh, okay. And like I didn't even know where attendance was. I didn't know where the student store was. I didn't know like she had to walk me through because I never got a tour of the school. Like I just still don't know what half the buildings look like. Right, right. So it was very surreal. It was very surreal, and it didn't have like I still have not mentally My brain has not told me I'm no longer in school. Like, Mm -hmm. I have that, like, I don't even know how to explain it. (laughs) It, uh, it, So so much of this past school year has been me getting up and going to my computer. Mm -hmm. That me getting up and going to my computer doesn't feel like a day off. (laughs) It feels like, oh, this is just what I have been doing for the last year and a half right
1: yeah, absolutely. And then I mean it can't feel like much of a end of semester if the semester itself was I mean even more so than last semester last semester was solidly virtual right. but this semester changed like oh like past the midpoint, right yeah,
0: It was just the last six weeks. Right. So that probably started like probably felt like the start of a whole new semester in a way. It it really did. And it was like, you know, you're meeting kids one at a time and they rolled it out so that there was that whole awkward segment where I was just like in a class with one kid, in a class with two kids, (laughs) in a class with three kids. You know, it's just like slow and then and then finally and then finally, you get to the point where you've got six kids in your class, and you're like, "Wow, there's a lot of people." <laughs> and <laughs> you, um, and then and then the seniors graduate. Like they don't graduate, but they stop getting graded two weeks early. So just as like the freshmen and the seniors, if they had classes together, had one week where both of them were in the the classroom at the same time, mm-hmm. and then the seniors stopped showing up. And then everybody was like, "Well, the seniors aren't going to be here. I'm not going to be here." So, I, like, there, like, literally, there were days where I was supposed to have six kids in my class. I had one. Mm. Damn. So it was just it was just a very odd year, and yeah. and having very few connections with students, having very few connections with other teachers. Um, I think usually, I've, like,
1: that's the you know that's a big part of the driving force of mm-hmm. this of this job, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I think I, I may have mentioned it on the last episode or two, like after our um, last faculty meeting of the school year, our, our principal kind of teared up a little bit. And she's like, um, I understand what you've gone through. The, one of the cruel, cruelest things you can do to a teacher is disconnect them from their kids. Mm. And to have them, she goes, we know you've been teaching to empty Zoom classrooms all year. Like we're fully aware of this and we understand how draining and how awful that is. Mm. And, you know, I do appreciate that I have administration that understands what we've gone through over the school year, but it, it was, it was just surreal. Like I, I did not feel, I did not feel closure and so right. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next year. Just in as much as like I want a normal year. I want to I want to be able to be at my new job and actually feel like I am at my new job. Right.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really interesting, probably, to start the semester off in the class with a bunch of students. It's going to feel like okay. Now, now, let's go now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we get to the, do
1: it. all yeah. the
0: things I want to do with you guys. Here we go. <laughs>
1: Wow, uh, I mean, it was a short week for us, right? We we recorded on Monday and uh, last mm-hmm. week instead of Sunday as we usually do, um, and here we are back again on on Sunday. Uh, did you have a chance with the end of the semester and everything going on to to get any geeky stuff in?
0: I did my two big things. Okay, so so we started something last week with. Uh, Army of the Dead.
1: <laughs> yes. I was, listen, I know, you know, not everyone is like totally jazzed about when we, uh, <laughs> when we take something down, but can I just tell you that was so satisfying and cathartic to talk that movie out with you? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, because it was just like, like, it, it not only did it, not only did it remind me how, I haven't I haven't done zombies since Walking Dead got all like violence porn on us. Right. And and so that kind of like soured me on on zombies a little bit. Like I know it happened in the comic books, but that's just a little bit different and I I yeah. from my understanding of the episode um that started that season, it was just bad timing like Mm. You know, the elections had just happened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just it just didn't feel good. So yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of soured on zombies for a while. And this kind of like, because it was so bad, I'm like, I need a palate cleanser. <laughs> and so I watched a little bit. I didn't get through the whole thing because it's two and a half hours on YouTube. But I watched like the first half of Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of oh, the Dead. Oh, Nice and um so i was watching that uh, even <laughs> matt even kind of wandered over a little bit to see like well, what are you watching i'm like oh this is kind of like thought of as the best zombie movie ever made and he's like oh okay so he just sat and watched it with me for a little bit before we had like we had somewhere we had to go and um and then a couple people asked online like where i think lyle asked where to like start with zombies. And I may have gone a little bit overboard in my recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: was great. You gave a whole rundown. And what I loved about it was that you didn't just say, these are some zombie movies you should watch. You were like, okay, start with this one. And then you move on to this one because it, in a way kind of continues the story, even though the one you suggested, I think was made after the second one you suggested, but that's because the, the Dawn of the dead, the original Dawn of the dead is super old, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just do it. Like I'm sorry for the people who are on Slack that have read this already, but this is how you, this is how you have to do it. Like the original night of the living dead was by George Romero and it was done in uh, 1968. That's and that That's crazy. That's yeah, and insane it's, to me. And it's, it's huge because For many reasons, it like established American zombies, like what Mm -hmm. the zombie trope is, tropes are. And then um, at the time, it was also the civil rights movement. And so it's one of the first movies that had a black actor as the hero. And he like, very misogynistic, but it was 1968. He manhandles a white woman like cuz she's just like losing her mind and um and so like all of these like taboos were broken with this movie so it's a very just cinematically it's just a very influential movie mm-hmm. um but my recommendation is don't start with that one because it's black and white it can be a little slow mm-hmm. barbara's annoying <laughs> it's um it's just of its time so I suggest starting with the remake, which was written by George Romero and it's the 1990. Um, I've, I've got to go back up to my, uh, I forget the name of the the director, like Tom, oh. Tom Sav- Savini right. uh, and Tom. Yeah. And Tom Savini, I didn't mention this in anything, but the he's like their special effects guy. So a lot of the, the, of the dead movies, like if you look at the, the special effects credits, it's Mm -hmm. Todd Savini. Uh, So you start with that. You start with the 1990 Night of the Living Dead. It's the same story, except Barbara's not so helpless. And it's just kind of, you know, better effects, better. It's just updated. Then you have to go back to what pretty much everybody says is the best zombie movie ever made, which is the original Dawn of the Dead from 1978, also George Romero.
1: Got it. So you do uh, uh Wait, no, you do... Uh, yeah, 1990, Night of the Living Dead. Right. And then you do
0: 1978... Dawn of the Dead. of the Dead. Yeah, the original. And right now that's the only one that's not on any real streaming service, but you can find like a fan cut where they take all the versions of it and squish it together in a two and a yeah. half hour monster Yeah, and, and watch that. And it's worth watching. It's a really, Dude, really good. So,
1: I, so I'm I'm going to ask you to continue because you made a couple other suggestions after this, but right now I'm the shout out to Jason. I'm doing an early shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my coworker and buddy Jason, because uh, this week, uh, completely unrelated. He uh shared in the chat, in the work chat that he's been watching B horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that's surprising for Jason to be watching B horror <laughs> movies, but he subscribes to shutter, which I, I subscribed to around Halloween. And I, and I canceled the subscription after that. For those of you that don't know, shutter is a streaming service that does all horror. It's all oh, wow. like scary movies and stuff. And you know, There's a lot of good ones on there, but a lot of horror is like B at best, you know, C, D horror. (laughs) And (laughs) Shudder has all of it, all of it. And so I guess Jason, you know, it, it took a pandemic, maybe like a year long quarantine. Jason is, is in the midst of going through some of these B horror movies and he's really enjoying them and he's sharing some of the ones that he likes. And then my other coworker, Gloria is like, oh yeah, I've seen some of these. I'm not big on the B movie, anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. horror, romance, comedy, whatever. I'm not big. I'm not big on B movie stuff. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, uh, potentially future topic, Joe, my, my best friend in the world, uh, Suzanne, and I, uh, we get into some really intense heated conversation, uh, debates <laughs> sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, and the last one we had was about the definition of a B-movie. What makes a B-movie? Uh-huh. And it was intense because we have very <laughs> different we have very different ideas of what qualifies a movie to be a B movie. So anyway Shout out to Jason because I know he's listening to this and I know he's literally writing down. Okay, wait. So 1990, Light of the Living Dead, <laughs> 1978, Donald. So he's, we're definitely going to be watching these and discussing these. So I'm looking forward to to potential future podcast episodes built based around this.
0: Yeah, but- I'm, I'm very excited about zombies all, all over again. In fact, I found all of my walk of, um, I have the hardbound volumes 1 through 8 of uh, Walking Dead. That's how you got me hooked. Yeah, and so I'm I'm going to be probably taking those on our drive with over the the summer so I can Rad. catch up on that. But okay, so so 1990 Night of the Living Dead, 1978 Dawn of the Dead, and then do 1985 Day of the Dead because again, George Romero because that is the original trilogy and it's a lot of people really like Day of the Dead. I think it does get a little bit of a um, – it's underrated for what it is. It introduces the idea of not necessarily smart zombies, but that zombies are more than just mm. like shambling shells. And to think that the idea of like smart, quote unquote, smart zombies was thought about in 1985 is kind of crazy. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, from there, you have some choices. Um, from there, you want you can either finish out the Romero series, which gives you Land of the Dead, which I think is really the last of the great Romero mm. movies. So, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. So, Diary of the
1: Dead and Survival of the Dead, does he kind of like jump the shark at that point?
0: No. Um. It's just, it's the his... His social commentary is not as on point. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Which, which makes sense because you know, I mean, our perspectives change as we get older, sure. and I think you you know, it's very easy to kind of come become a little more disconnected than mm-hmm. your contempt, the 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 people who are are kind of fighting the good fight out there. Yeah, the older you get, so so I think that's a big part of it. Um. Uh, Land of the Dead, if I remember correctly, was all about, like, I think that came around during the Bush era. Oh, um, shit. And yeah, so it was like, that was the last kind of spot on commentary on what he was yeah. he was going for. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's one of your choices. It'd be
1: so great to for somebody to put together a thing of like, okay, we're going to watch this uh, Romero zombie film, but first, let's do a quick primer on what this is a reaction to. Like, this is what was going on at the time.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll circle back to that. Remind <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So then, the other way you can go is you can go back and watch the original Night of the Living Dead. Like if you really like the the, the Romero trilogy, yeah, yeah, go back and watch the original. Just because if you want to be a zombie fan, you kind of it's kind of like required watching. Um, and
1: I, there'll be I- there'll be added interest because you just watched you know this trilogy and and you're a little bit you understand the story and the setup and you're a little more invested at this point.
0: Yeah, and I've gone back and I've watched it with um, like a, wh- a riff track. I forget oh. the guys that did the riff tracks, but that's fun too. It is yeah. fun to watch them with riff tracks because it's kind of crazy. Like they point out all the all the little, you know, it's an indi- it's an indie film, so they point mm-hmm. out all the little problems with it. Um, and then there's the 2004 Snyder Dawn of the Dead, which is good. But I have okay. So my friend Rob, not not Rob sometimes, <laughs> but my friend Pasadena Rob. Uh, he had things to say <laughs> about our show last week, which I have to go back and, and read. Please um, do.
1: But I also want to point out uh, everyone, Joe just recommended a Snyder film. Uh, go ahead and mark that down. As- yeah. If you had that on your bingo card,
0: um, it's there.
1: <laughs> it's the one in the center, Joe. No, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, he said... you. Like, talking about our episode last week, you didn't even acknowledge half of how bad this movie is. So he had very strong feelings about Army of the Dead.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Army of the Dead. Okay, got, it.
0: got yeah, it. Yeah. He says, the time loop theory is weak, but you didn't even touch on the robot zombies, which I did hear there were some stuff. I didn't. I didn't pick up on robot zombies, but.
1: I didn't either.
0: No, but apparently there's robot zombies in there. Or how this isn't a zombie movie at all because the king zombie isn't a zombie. He's an alien, which I have also heard what um, the fuck yes because they think that the the idea is that they're the convoy is driving from area 54 area 50 51 area 51 yeah oh um, and so that was a thing so he says also with all you're talking on how misogynistic it is y'all didn't even mention that three female characters got fridged oh god that's right. So, good, good, point on that one. Yeah, yes. we yes. Um, also, there's going to be a, oh, this just this honestly, Ray, this turned my stomach. There is going to be an animated prequel series dealing Oak. with the fall of Vegas, <laughs> and my favorite character, Dieter is getting his own prequel movie, partially written by Snyder and directed by the actor who played Dieter. Sorry, did I say getting because the movie is done filming. What? Who is this for? I don't know. Why? And then he said, uh, also on a personal note, the first thing that bothered me about the movie when I finished it was the continuation of Snyder's inability to understand tone. For such a goofy movie, the serious scenes were way over the top. Ooh. So then I went back and I, I said, wow, you did a lot more research on this than I was willing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I didn't do any research other than listening to a couple podcasts, but then I watched it again to see it. And, like, shout out to you, Rob, for yeah. watching it again, because I don't think I could do it. Yeah, but, I could, yeah, I could But then I watch watched it once. again. No, <laughs> but then I watched it again to see a zombie shout, uh, shot out and spark after it was shot and the weird blue blood from the king's up. So he was going back and he had to go look at the, for mm. the zombie and the alien stuff.
1: Jeez, shout out to Pasadena Rob.
0: And on the shows I listened to, heard an interview with Snyder where he, it is clear that he just put stuff in thinking it would be cool, but didn't really think more that, than that about yes. it. And now, and now is answering questions all mysterious to sound smart, but clearly <laughs> doesn't have any real answers. <laughs>
1: oh uh, we all know that guy
0: so this is why I bring this up now because he says also when talking about the good work he did with Dawn of the Dead y'all never mentioned that not only did he not write it but it was written by James Gunn oh shit shut up yes which I, I completely didn't-, didn't realize until I did a little research and so I knew this when he mens- messaged it to me and I was going to mention it today but he like totally was on point with that
1: one. oh my god I did not know that
0: at oh, all yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a second, too. Um, Oh, and then there's some other weird thing about how he was the director of photography, because he wanted to only use this one lens from the 50s that no one else would agree to. (laughs) Wait, who did that? Snyder when he was working on Dawn of the Dead. Oh God! So the reason why Dawn of the Dead is the, as good as it is is because he had a lot of people going no, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Which I maintain is
1: probably why I like Man of Steel so much, mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. it being a, a, a Snyder film. Is because I'm sure with as important a property as Superman relaunching, and you know, and Christopher Nolan involved, I'm sure
0: there was a lot of people saying no to him. Yes. So, <laughs> so then the last thing, and he did kind of give props to Snyder for this call. Um, and then we had a conversation about, you know, whether Snyder is uh, uh, a good guy or not. <laughs> we have, we have opinions. Um, but he said Tignataro was never on set with the other actors. Chris De Elia played the part during principal photography, but the last summer word got out that he was DMing 14-year-olds on Instagram or some shit like that. That's right. So Snyder decided he did not want D'Elia in his film anymore. He hired Tig, filmed her by herself in front of a green screen, then added her on top of D'Elia digitally. Wow. So we got to give, you know, you got to give props and you got to give props. Like Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's
1: he always you can find a few choices like that here and there throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, But uh, my concern is that it, it almost seems like if he thinks that covers him to then do
0: some really horrible shit. Well, I mean, what Rob and I then went on to talk about was, you know, he, he's definitely got some misogynistic leanings and I, I don't think he realizes he has misogynistic leanings. Like, I think if you pointed it out, he would be like, uh, well, no, I just, you know, no, I don't mean that. I I don't think he thinks that way, but he's definitely got a little bit more of an eighties mindset.
1: I mean, it's a very, uh, if we want to just go ahead and name it, it's a very neoliberal mindset of no, I'm basically a good person and my intentions are good. Therefore, none of my actions can be bad. None of my choices can be bad. You know what I mean? Like everything I do is, is as long as it's coming from a good place, then everything I do is good. And it's like, that's such bullshit, (laughs) which gets us in a lot of trouble these days. A lot of people in a lot of trouble.
0: It really does. So anyway, so that was, that's, that's the whole commentary on, on Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. That was great. (laughs) I was like, I love, I'm actually seeing Rob this week and I I love hanging out with Rob. He is like my, my old school geeky friend. He's the one that I go to Um, him and my friend, Paula, we go to, to Comic-Con every year and like are constantly going, did you see this thing? How about this? Did you know about this? Like we're always kind of checking it with each other. We got a group text constantly going. So
1: Joe, let me ask you, you, you recommend the 1990 version of Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And then you say go back to Dawn of the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1978, which you said is, is one of the best zombie movies
0: ever made. Like it, uh, it almost, the only lists it does not make number one on is lists that put Night of the Living Dead, the original, first. And they put that because they feel like it's the groundbreaker of it, so it should right, go first. Right. But then Dawn of the Dead is second. But and- in almost every list I saw, it's reversed. It's Dawn of, Night of the Living Dead is number two. Sometimes number three. And then uh Dawn of the Dead is number one.
1: Wow. Okay. And then the the first that trilogy is rounded out by Day of the Dead, 1985. Yes. Where at what point, because after that you recommend people go back and see the the black and white one if it, you know, if, if it calls to them. Right. At what point in your recommendations on this list do you get to Snyder's Dawn of the Dead?
0: Um, I would say you watch it when you like.
1: Because it's a remake, and you've already seen the the great yeah. original,
0: and that's why I say if you're like you definitely should check out Night of the Living Dead, the nineteen sixty eight version. But mm. you know, I I would I would honestly follow that up with the Snyder Dawn of the Dead, just mm. because it it's like then then you can be done with Romero for a while. Got it? Like Got you've it. seen you've seen all the stuff, the significant stuff that people will talk about you if you're going to talk it. Right, movie.
1: right, right. So. I'm not a purist. (laughs) We've (laughs) talked about this, you know, many times when it comes to any superheroes, you know, zombies, whatever. Uh, If it's enjoyable, I'm down. I'm not somebody going, oh, wait, you have to do this thing. Or I expected, you know, these tropes you got to follow in order for this to qualify. I'm, I'm not really like that. But um, so so, when it comes to zombie, quote-unquote zombie movies, for me, that's a very loose definition. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I was really curious to see your other – um to, interested to see your other recommendations on this post on Slack because you named a couple of movies that I would have thought you – you know, you would define as not zombie movies.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's why I think people like you were right. I'm, 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 I'm a zombie fan. I'm not necessarily as much of a zombie snob as I, I apparently claim to be (laughs) because (laughs) apparently there are people who are like 28 days later is not, a zombie film. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a big one. Those people are stupid because 28 <laughs> Days Later is absolutely a zombie
1: film. And you recommended it. For the people not on Slack, what are, what are some other non-Romero zombie films you recommended?
0: So, 28 Days Later because it, it introduces fast
1: zombies. It basically
0: is... is um, Danny Boyle doing yeah. his thing. It is basically kind of... It, it introduces fast zombies to the genre, which mm-hmm. is scary as shit because, I mean, yeah. like i I was on the zombie survivalist bandwagon, and it's all fine and good when you can outrun zombies, but me and my fat ass is not gonna be outrunning anything for twenty eight days later like that's just not gonna be a thing
1: <laughs> Wow that throws that really does throw the whole. You know, thinking or, or, or because, because zombie survival is a, it, it, it is a, uh, um, how do you put it? I mean, there, there's ways to survive. There's things you do and don't do to survive a zombie apocalypse.
0: Yes. But if it's fast moving zombies, <laughs> if it's fast moving zombies, like only the, only the people who do, um, what is it? The, that parkour. Oh the,
1: fucking crossfit. The crossfit.
0: <laughs> only people who do for
1: crossfit are going to survive that. And no one wants is, to live in that world. <laughs> <laughs> to live in that world. Oh my god. What what other <laughs> what other world zombie are you recommend?
0: So a lot of people like when I suggest this they like make a face cuz they're like really. But if you have not seen Warm Bodies, never it seen is, It is oh ray. It is just a charming, wonderful movie that like if if you want to be if you want a zombie film but you're a little squeamish about like blood and gore and guts and everything it still got it but Ward Bodies is basically a zombie rom-com and mm. that sounds awful like that sounds like the epitome of B movie <laughs> but it is just so charming it's like it's it's from the zombie's point of view and it's beautiful
1: it's a okay. great film. Uh, until that last line I was about to ask what is the what is the purpose of Warren Body's existence when Shaun of the Dead already exists? Because to me, that's the, that's the f- definitive and only zombie
0: romantic comedy. But <laughs> see, I don't even think of it as a romantic comedy. I feel like Shaun of the Dead, which is my, my next recommendation is just a comedy. Like, oh, okay. It's got some romantic, you know, it's got a little love story in there, but it's just a comedy. Like, Warm Bodies is about the romance between the zombie... I mean, his name is R, because like, R, And and her name is, I think, Julia. It is very much Romeo and Juliet. Oh, cool. But it's like, you know, you talk about how... Like, one of my things about zombie films and zombie, just fiction, it it needs to have social commentary. And the whole idea of Warm Bodies is the idea of um, people... Um, in society, not being able to connect anymore, like like it actually has social commentary built in, and it's not about, you know, it's not like oh, we're just gonna take this trope and s- and throw it together with this other trope and have a zombie rom com. No, mm-hmm. it is actually like it meets my standards of zombie uh, zombie literature, zombie fiction. Wow, you have sold me. I'm yeah. I'm there. Like, yeah if you like zombie stuff, uh, like I would watch it tonight. I think I think Shit. from what I've heard, Rosie would love it. Like I think I think okay. you guys would just really enjoy it. Um, and then, of course, Shaun of the Dead, which is just amazing. It is so funny. And I don't recommend watching Shaun of the Dead until you've watched at least Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, because all the tropes come from those movies, and you mm-hmm. really need to kind of um, get an idea of like what they're making fun of before you really get all the jokes. You'll still think it's funny if you don't, but <clears throat> yeah. you won't, you won't enjoy it to the deeper level that everybody else is enjoying it. Right. Got it. Well, and of course, absolutely go check out the comic book series, walking dead by Robert Kurtman. Oh, yeah. So good. It's and and honestly, like there are so many reasons why the, the comics are better than the, the TV show and the TV show is good. Like I'm not, Trying to diss on the TV show, but they they have the same restrictions that any any adaptation has, where like they didn't necessarily lay it out the the same way as the comic book. But the comic book really laid out the story in a very strong way. A lot yeah. of the actors got taken off the show because they didn't want to be on it anymore, which changes the, the plot. And so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. That, that's a rarity
1: for a, an actor to just call it quits on a show as opposed to the other way around.
0: Oh, yeah. There was like two or three of them that just didn't like the way it was going and, and jumped ship. And wow, so their story, their characters' stories ended differently. Um, and I'm going to warn you right now, if you are a Walking Dead TV series fan and have not read the comic books, there is no Daryl. Like, Daryl is – like, do not read it for Daryl. You will be sorely disappointed there is no Daryl. I love Daryl. that's true. Daryl's a wonderful character, um, but there is no Daryl in The Walking Dead comic book series. Yeah, read it anyway. I get it. You know, people
1: love their, you know – they're uh surprisingly good white characters like i get it <laughs> the, the, rede- <laughs> the redemptive white character you know but walking dead the comic book series is fucking fantastic like it is it is really good doesn't need
0: daryl no and then the last recommendation i have to make is and honestly you could do this anywhere but i strongly strongly recommend world war z by max brooks yes have you read that
1: book? Yes, I did read it, and that shit was traumatic. I read it uh during travel season where I was mostly on a plane. So I basically read that book. <laughs> Every time I was reading that book, I was on a plane, Joe.
0: Yeah. Did you cry? Fuck. You t- yes, <laughs> dude. It's- quite honestly, I don't want to know anybody. Like, if you don't cry when you read this book, I could be very sus. <laughs> like- it's harrowing it's amazing. And so here's what you need to know about the book. And I, I don't think it, it ruins anything going into it. I think it makes it better. Um, Max Brooks is the son of Mel Brooks who did all the comedies and, and producers, ladies and saddles. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's just a brilliant, brilliant man. So Max Brooks is his son and he loves two things. He loves history and he loves zombies. And, um, There was a book written back in the 50s called The Greatest War, I think it was called. And the whole point of it was um, that (laughs) this guy named Studs Terkel is an essayist. Uh, he he wrote a book called Working, where he interviewed a whole bunch of people about their jobs, everybody from prostitutes up to CEOs, and then turned it into a book where it was just people like exploring American culture through the words of people themselves. And he did the same thing with The Greatest War because he went and interviewed survivors and soldiers and anybody who was involved in the war to get all their perspectives and then basically told the story of World War II through these people's Interviews and their experiences. The
1: book is called A Good The Good War, An Oral History of World War II. Yes, the good
0: a good war, yeah. Um and so uh Max Brooks loved that book. And so what he did is he basically did the same thing, but it's interviews with people who survived the zombie war. And it's taken from the like it's basically the idea is is this journalist has gone through and interviewed all of these people to kind of re put together the story of the zombie war through all of their different experiences. And you know, the, just so you know what you're getting into all of the things that most, not all, but most of the things that happen in the book have actually happened in real life. Just not with the zombies, right. like are actual war stories from other people. Like, Max Brooks wrote the zombie survival guide. He is all about researching and like there is a zombie survival guide that if you, if we have a Romero style zombie apocalypse, like that book will save your life (laughs) because (laughs) he has literally researched it down to what is the best gun because it, it like catches less, least often. Mm-hmm. Like that's the amount of detail. He's like, you want this gun, not this gun, because even though this gun is more powerful, this one tends to catch more. And so you're going to get stuck without your gun. And so you want this one, not that like, that's the amount of detailed research he did. And he did the zombie survival guide before he did world war, uh, so don't, don't read the survival guide unless you really are like worried about zombie apocalypse because it's a very it is a it is a field manual. It is it is dry reading. <laughs> did you read it? I did. <laughs> That's great.
1: Um what are your thoughts uh, again so we talked about the difference between the TV show The Walking Dead and the comic book The Walking Dead, which I would recommend the TV show maybe the first I'd have to research this, but maybe the first three or four seasons I would recommend. Yeah, um, you know, maybe there's a there's an end of season cliffhanger there that's not so bad that I would that I would say definitely stop at <laughs> before yeah. you get in too deep, uh, before it starts to affect your mental health. Um, for for people who only know World War Z as a movie, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on the differences between the two?
0: Uh, and this is this is like. Part of, part of the thing that I did after our conversation last week was just do a whole bunch of zombie movie research. Like a whole bunch. Cool. And like that was my geeky thing this week, is just I zombied out. And so a lot of people will say the same thing, including Max Brooks will say the same thing about the movie. It, on its own, is a very good zombie movie. But if you watch it expecting what you get from World War Z, the book you're going to be so disappointed because it has nothing to do with it. Like, There's one character in there that's the same.
1: So they optioned the book because they thought it was a cool-ass fucking title, which it is. Right. And they just did their own thing with it.
0: Right. Which is, honestly, I feel like World War Z would be a better limited series. Now that Netflix has this kind of thing where they'll just put out a limited series and it's not expected to run on forever, like maybe a three season limited series where you tell the story of these people from that person's point of view as kind of a voiceover. And then you see the action as it goes on um, would be brilliant, but it's just not, it's just not formatted to be a film. So basically they took (laughs) the set, they took the setting and they turned it into a movie. Well, Right, you mean the the the
1: lead up to what the the book is about, or people's recollections of of what happened, is what the movie is with the actual events, right?
0: Yes, but not. I mean, the, the, but with the zombies sped up, and with the way that the zombies are. Um, you know, there's some different mythology about the type of zombies they are and how they work and react with each other. Right,
1: so. and apparently Brooks gave it his his stamp of approval uh, as it was being made. I didn't re- I didn't know this until just now, but uh, Brad Pitt's production company and Leonardo DiCaprio's production company were in a bidding war for this (laughs) book, for the rights to this book. Yeah. And the first version of the screenplay was written by J. Michael Straczynski, who's a comic book writer and among other things. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, Brooks, Brooks said he had zero control over what happened, you know, how the story evolved for the movie. Uh, But he's, he liked the, the, the screen, the screenplay.
0: Yeah, I was actually because for a while there, I, he hasn't been there in a while, but for a while I was. I would go that was one of the I Can't Miss It panels at Comic Con because I would go to the Max Brook panel and I actually met him at uh, his table and got a comic book of his signed. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm a teacher and I told him I was an English teacher at the time and I said, uh, I have never I have never had a book stolen as many times from my classroom <laughs> as your two books because the zombie survival guide and world war z I could not keep those in my classroom and the That's kids crazy. didn't do it on purpose they just take it home and they read it and they forget to bring it back yeah but, but like I was constant I must have I must I I have I have given him a good chunk of my money <laughs> because I have bought probably 10 copies of world war z and probably <laughs> 6 copies of the survival guide shit uh, And he was he was very nice. He was very like, oh, I love teachers. You know, call my agent and we'll arrange something. I can always talk to your class, which I just never got a chance to because whoa, yeah, no, but well, it was like he was like, what I had to do is I would have to buy a a full class set of his books, and Mm -hmm. you know, so if if I really had you know, decided to go the route of let's make a zombie unit. (laughs) We would be there, but
1: I feel like Sean, you and Sean could collaborate on, (laughs) on and we
0: almost almost did, but we decided at the time, for some reason there was funding problems. We weren't going to be able to buy the books. And so we were like, "Eh, we'll wait because this is not something that we can't not do later. Like, there's no way that we're just going to not be able to go. Oh, Hey, you know, if we buy this many books, can we have a zoom meeting with, Mr.
1: Brooks like it, it like he was he was willing to do it. So of course I'm talking about friend of the show Sean Daly who you talked with for many years and who I worked with uh, as well and who teaches or I don't know if still does but taught a unit on World War 1 that was so great. I covered it for his class many times and it was so great. I learned so much about World War 1 just from covering Sean's
0: classes. Well, Sean is an amazing teacher. He yeah. really really
1: is. Yeah, and him and I, you know, would talk about maybe someday doing some story and putting together something we, we talked, we had many conversations about that that just, you know, just n- never happened, but yeah.
0: Right. Right. But anyway, so, um, so yeah. So after our conversation on Monday, I did all sorts of zombie research and I was looking at like, well, maybe I can put together a really concise best of movie. And, and the fact of the matter is, is there's so many good, zombie movies out of there out there I've got like 120 zombie movies <laughs> that I Dude. need to go back and watch
1: this is like a, this is gonna be like a thing it's gonna be a, a zombie movie watching guide and we should we should plan this properly for later this year for October and just do didn't you mention this in the slack like doing like making October zombie month or did so, you just, so this october
0: yeah, no. This October is going to be zombie month. Um, we're going to try, and I'm going to keep bugging my the the network. But I know already, like Kelly Hightower is trying to come up with zombie related <laughs> mating habits of the modern geek topics, and um, I think some of the other people are agreeing to like talk about zombie video games and so we're going to try and make October like the month of zombies and we're going to probably do rewatches and um Katie from tea time with Katie and Chelsea is actually going to come in and hang out with us for that month and talk zombies because I had no idea that apparently Katie is a huge zombie movie fan oh shit wait the romantic comedy, yes. <laughs> romantic, the romantic comedy, Katie. <laughs> I was on that podcast once, <laughs> podcast once. <laughs> very,
1: very, very, very passionate thoughts and opinions I have about romantic comedies.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so after I talked to her about about, I don't know, we were just messaging back and forth and talking back and forth about stuff. She's like, I'm going back and watching warm bodies right now. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, I'm cool. in the middle of a Dawn of the dead. Re- or, yeah. Not of the dead rewatch. That's great. so we are, she has like f- three podcasts going right now. And I have this and I have, um, uh, the, as the dice roll, which takes so much time to edit. And so, both of us are very strongly resisting the temptation to start a zombie podcast. <laughs> and so what we've done is we've made the agreement that neither of us are going to like bring it up again <laughs> until after zombie month, because we both know ourselves, we'll get into something really hardcore and then we'll go, okay, is this sustainable? Um Right. Just fold it into the main podcast output. <laughs> well, i would mean, be Dude, 120, like, like it would become zombie, all, all zombies all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we, there's a, there's a, there's an October every year, Joe.
0: There, there is, there is. We'd get to some of these in like 2032, but. Right. I mean,
1: you have to, I'm excited obviously because these movies, I haven't seen a lot of these movies and they sound great. You've really like sold them perfectly, but also, you know, um, Rosie and I started dating last summer, and uh, once she started to like come over and hang out, it was all about watching movies because we were in a fucking quarantine, so we couldn't really do much else, right? And um, uh, you know, it was around October that we really got into watching movies, and she had never, never mind the MCU movies, she had never seen any horror movies so. I'm all about it. So we watched a bunch of horror movies together where she was, you know, I I had to really sort of be careful about what I showed her (laughs) because I didn't want to completely turn her off. Right. Like to, to to this, you know, this movie watching experience. Um, And there was some really fun, intense viewings that we had, but I mean, I have a list of, you know, almost 60 horror movies that I really like that I wanted to share. And we got through like 10, 12 of them, mm-hmm. you know so there's mm-hmm. a lot of movie watch and i just figured instead of just you know continue to just watch them throughout the year no like then we'll have nothing to watch next halloween so i figured, okay next halloween we'll watch you know whatever's next on the list right so at this point she's never seen a zombie movie so i'm like this is gonna be fucking great because october's gonna be zombie month we're gonna watch all these zombie movies and i'm gonna get her reactions her feedback as well
0: Yeah. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And I mean, they're, they're really good. Like if you get the right ones, they're really good movies. Um, I I definitely am going to kind of start picking and choosing. I have like, I have them in order of, um, of year. And there's a lot, like there's some that are from the thirties. There's some that are from like, even just this year that I didn't even know there's a bunch of foreign ones that sound amazing. Like what's the one that everybody keeps talking about? Uh, train to Busan, which is a South Korean, I believe. I've seen that. Um, Have you seen that? I haven't. Is it a? is it good? It is so fucking good, Joe. I like that's probably highest on my list. But there was also one called Blood Quantum that just came out. That's about um indigenous people who are not only having to fight against a zombie apocalypse, but against all the people trying to escape the apocalypse onto their land.
1: Well, there's some fucking social commentary for you right there.
0: Exactly. Like, so like, I'm like, I definitely want to see that. Um, there was another one about like, (laughs) it sounded ridiculous. It's, it is a comedy and it's about a zombie apocalypse, but from the zombies perspective and the zombies don't realize that they're zombies and it just sounds fabulous, and everybody says it's really, really well done. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I'll have to look in. I'll have to look it back up and report back. But
1: well, I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. I, you know, I know you're all about zombies. My favorite, whatever, uh, monster or like horror, you know, character, I guess, or horror story has since I was a little
0: kid has always been werewolves. Same. And really. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love werewolves, and I can't get enough of werewolf stuff. There's just not enough good werewolf stuff out there.
1: Uh, totally, Joe. 100%. I'm, yeah. I have a werewolf story in me that I've been meaning to write for years now, but um, not saying it would be great or anything, but I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm driven to to make my own just because I agree with you. There's, there's not a lot out there. Oh. Uh, Suzanne uh, just recommended a, a werewolf movie to me that I had never heard of before, which I don't know how the fuck this didn't, you know, kind of land on my, uh, 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 on my horizon. It's called the wolf of snow hollow. And it came out last year and it's an American comedy horror film. Uh, Apparently a werewolf movie.
0: That's awesome. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. The
1: Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, She highly, she knows my taste and she highly recommended it to me. She said, watch it
0: now. Did you see Wolves with, uh, I think it was Wolves with um, Jason, Jason Momoa?
1: No, I did not. So here's another thing. Here's a, okay. Here's another thing, is that when I say there's not a lot out there, I mean there's not a lot of good out there. No, there's not a lot of good
0: out there. <laughs> and I'm
1: not, as I stated earlier in this episode, I'm not into the really into the B movie stuff. And I get that people get enjoyment in that, and I'm so jealous of them. Like I would, like more power to you if you can watch a B or C movie and still, you know, amongst the terrible acting and terrible plot points, or whatever, and still find some enjoyment. Like I wish, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that, but I just can't. It just takes me out. So <laughs> it's not a lot out there, man. Did you, you watch you? Of course you watched Of course, Jason, I Jason Momoa. <laughs> I,
0: that was before I really knew who Jason Momoa was. Like it was, mm-hmm. he was not on my radar and um, it, it, it's not, Because there's so much, like, so there's so much bad out there that when you get okay, it's like, okay, that's not terrible. It's a 2014 film. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. And it's not terrible. It's just not great. So okay, so this Halloween we'll do this October we'll do zombies and then next October we'll do werewolves. Oh hold, hold yeah. me to that. Hold me to that and remind me.
1: That would be fucking great. I'm reading the synopsis of wolves and I'm like shit, this is all like the, the story idea that I have. <laughs> 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 sort of, sort of. Now I'm gonna have to watch this fucking 2014 Jason
0: Malone movie. I gotta say, I mean, like, as far as like what type of werewolves do you like? Do you like Wolf Ben? Do you like the the turns into a full wolf? Like what it would it what what's your werewolf style? I'm,
1: I'm definitely not as much into the turns into a full wolf. I just to me Same. that's that's not a werewolf then. No. You know, that that's a um that's an animorph. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a word and and I and it's gotta have some okay so here we go right now I'm sounding like a fucking purist uh (laughs) it's it's gotta have some form of tragedy to it you know like you say zombie movies work best when there's an element of social commentary Mm -hmm. In, in my mind werewolf stories work best when there's an element of tragedy to it
0: okay and, so, like, uh, so like the 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 person who turns into the werewolf has to suffer some sort of like personal loss?
1: Yeah, I like the idea that, you know, it's not just so sil- it's not just silver. And I'm not into that. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You know, there's great werewolf stories that are like, no, silver doesn't fucking matter. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like I, I'm fine with that. I'm like, buy into it. Uh but I really, really like the idea that only someone uh, a, a werewolf can only be killed by someone that loves them.
0: Oh, that's a great
1: idea. Yeah, I've seen that trope. And that's yeah, that's part of the mythology. i've I've done extensive research into like in mythology. So like in terms of the origins of these stories and how they've evolved, I did when I about uh, six or seven years ago when I was really you know planning to write this story, I did a shitload of research. And like a lot of writers, I became overwhelmed by the research (laughs) and I I had to sort of step away a little bit. But yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that it doesn't have to be there, but it's something that I really gravitate towards.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I absolutely agree.
1: Well, I didn't have a lot of geeky shit to talk about this week, so I'm really glad, Joe, that you sort of came in and fucking
0: (laughs) handled business (laughs) this week. The only other thing I did, and I do have to throw this out there because if anybody else knows about this series, um, I kind of traumatized my husband with it. I, I forget that he really like violence really bothers him. Mm. And I think of, I think of violence that bothers him as gore, but it just has to be like the, the reason behind the violence is just as important as the actual, like what you see on screen. Right. Um, I just started watching last night Utopia, which is a British series from 2013, 2014. Mm -hmm. And it is one of my other favorite genres, which is conspiracy fiction and conspiracy thrillers. Um, And not just like conspiracy, but like paranoid conspiracy where like you can't trust anyone because you don't know who is part of the the conspiracy and who's not. Mm -hmm. And like, just the first two episodes, I'm like, oh my god, I have no idea what's going on. This is brilliant. Cool. And but, we watched it, and there's a scene where this guy is being tortured. And they don't actually show, like, anything. Like, it's not terribly graphic. Yes, like, when they pull away his, you know, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff to his eye. But it's <laughs> not one of those things where it's like you see him go them going into the eye or anything. It's like, right. it's I thought, very, done very, very tastefully as far as stuff goes. And And oh, he was so upset at me. (laughs) He's like, he's like, how, how, how could you? This is terrible. Like he would like it traumatized him. Oh, so so I like. And he and he liked the the story, but it just was it was too weird and too violent for him. And um, he says he's willing to continue, but I don't know that I want to put him through that if it's going to cause him to feel that way every time. Like this is not worth it. It's a TV show.
1: So this is a 2013 British TV series called Utopia, not the 2020 American series called Utopia.
0: No, because that's based on the British series, and apparently it flopped. Oh, that sucks. And I was like, well. Like you talk about there not being enough werewolf fiction out there. There is not enough conspiracy, good conspiracy fiction out there. And it's such a great, it's such a great genre because it's like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going on. And I love it. Like it's, it's almost the same. It's that Jaws music tension where you know something's going to happen, but you don't know what direction it's coming from and you don't know. So it, <laughs> it really feeds into that like love of, of horror thriller kind of feels. Mm-hmm. So if anybody knows anything about this series or you've watched it, like I i am doing two things. Is it worth continuing? Cause all the reviews I've seen say yes. And two is the whole, I thing in the first episode, the only really bad torture stuff or you know, cause he's willing to watch it, but again, I don't want to put him through it. If, <laughs> if it's going to be like disturbing him all the time.
1: I've had that experience that unintentionally traumatizing someone with your watching recommendation, like, you know, <laughs> they trust you and they're like, yeah, I'll, we'll do this with you. And then, oh god! shout out to my sister, Valerie, uh, whose birthday's coming up, uh, uh, in a, in a couple weeks or a few weeks, um, she, I took her to see uh, the 2012 uh, anthology horror film VHS. Okay, and uh, it, it's okay. You know, it's an anthology film. There's some. There's some other episodes that I really like. There's some that I don't so much. But the first one is pretty gnarly. It starts off with a bang, and it, it has some gory moments. But it really, it's, it's, it, it, same thing. Where like. It's not just the gore, it's the reason for the gore or where it's coming <laughs> from, you know, or the kind of setup to the gore. Uh-huh. And she, she, we're sitting in the theater and we're in this tiny theater in Santa Monica, this little, because VHS was like a small film when it came out. And she turns to me at one point and she's covering her face. She's shielding her face from the screen and she goes, what did you bring me to? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I, I missed this one. <laughs> I kind of messed this one up. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of traumatic viewing, uh, episodes, um, let's, (laughs) let's go to commercial break and then we'll, we'll come back and see if you still have a girlfriend. Girlfriend? (laughs) Yes, let's. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us.
1: So come check us
0: out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. All right, we are back. And I should just say that before we get uh, the the conclusion of the rewatch... Um, Ray and I just spent like a half an hour geeking out about, about just nothing, like just a bunch of travel stuff. And like and we're like, oh, we should be recording. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's totally off topic, like completely like out in the woods of our just like geek chatter that we normally got to do, me and Joe.
0: Yeah, yeah, so anyway, so okay, so when we last left off, okay, there there have been few things that have been quite the reaction as your uh retelling of Infinity War last week. <laughs> um, so many people have weighed in, we all have apologized. Um, <laughs> uh, Raven from London was like, Oh my god, I feel so bad everybody 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 has been like (laughs) i've got to read like ravens cracked me up the most just because i like i felt exactly the same way but she says oh my god uh rosie and infinity war this is amazing so this is obviously at the beginning of it she was very excited (laughs) and then oh no this is stressful podcasting joe (laughs) And then she says, the last hour of this episode was supposed to be a palate cleanser after you took that bullet for the rest of us by watching Snyder does zombies. This is more <laughs> stressful than I expected. <laughs>
1: oh, man. And we yeah. almost
0: made her late when we almost... She said she ended it with, also, I'm about to be late for work and I'm blaming you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Raven. We love you and uh, sorry that we... Uh, yeah, it, the whole the whole thing was traumatic. I got it live... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pause it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for for everyone out there concerned uh Rosie has heard your concerns. She appreciates that she appreciates them very much. Uh she also wanted to be known that she uh in her words has never been more invested in something <laughs> in her life. That's awesome. She, she is all in on everything Marvel at this point. Uh the the really funny part of this too is to know that Her friends who are, you know, have seen these movies are equally surprised and invested in her uh, MCU introduction and movie watching experience. So they have put in multiple requests through her to me that I record her reactions (laughs) so that they can see her, they can be witness to her reactions at, at all the most, you know, dramatic moments of these movies uh <laughs> which i have done so <laughs> uh you know there 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 may be some future news about a possible um i don't know joe we might have to create a, a Geektitude youtube channel i can
0: that, that's definitely doable <laughs>
1: <laughs> and share some so, so you all can see that uh you know yes there is a lot of you know uh, tears and and expressive sort of reactions, expressive for my girlfriend, which means you know <laughs> there's movement because <laughs> she's <laughs> she's she's not the most expressive person. She's she's an introvert uh, and uh, at heart through and through. Uh, but you know her, as I'll get into in in as as we're about to kind of basically just go through the the plot of Endgame and I'll take you on the ride with you know what I got to witness. Uh you know, when when the rest of us are standing up and screaming, uh her her eyebrow she sits up, her eyebrows are raised, and I go, Oh my God She's freaking out everyone. <laughs> She's losing her mind. So yeah, like if she gasps, that is that is equivalent to a scream from me. So uh yeah, but 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 you know, hopefully that there's there's a chance you'll you'll get to see some of that yourself uh in in the videos. And I've been I let her know this morning, you know, because there is somewhat of a hangover. We did stay up super late last night watching Endgame uh and and some other stuff which I'll I'll share when we get there. But this morning was kind of like, uh, what happened? Like, it's kind of like waking up, <laughs> Banner waking up with, you know, his toes, clothes torn. It's kind of like, was that, was that a dream? What happened last night? Good God. And, um, you know, so we're both pretty tired. We're going to take it easy the rest of the day.
0: And okay, I let her know. Okay, I'll go, ahead, go ahead. Before you go into the the actual recount, you you had asked me at some point during the week what episodes we covered Infinity War on in this show, because she was gonna go back and re-listen. Did did she listen to them? She did. What did she think? Okay. We didn't talk about it
1: extensively. She again, I if I'm not asking for information for her, <laughs> she's not giving it. She literally, Joe, only had one reaction and I wasn't quite sure how to wasn't sure what to make of it uh she started she she reached out she said you know what what are the what is the episodes that you talk about uh infinity war because I want to listen to those and you sent me the link which I passed to her and I'm I'm scrolling right now for her for her reaction uh let's see cuz she only had one text that she sent me she said why do you sound sad in this episode? <laughs> and I said, do I? LOL, what do you mean? And she said, I don't know. I feel like you don't sound cheerful like you sound in other episodes. Maybe you were sick or tired. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? What is going on in my life at that? I mean... Jeez, it could have been a lot of things. I, I don't know. I mean, I could have just been tired. I could have been sad from the movie.
0: Well, or- it's a popular episode, Ray.
1: So, like, obviously, Jeez. it didn't affect anybody else's enjoyment, <laughs> right? But she's—I mean, she knows me pretty well at this point, you know. And we spent a lot of time together. And she's like, "Oh, you sound sad in this episode." I don't know. I haven't really talked to her about that. I haven't. I don't, I've been hesitant to dig into that to pull on that thread, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so that was her reaction to infinity war and then not not another word about uh our uh, listening to our podcast so she was she was ready for endgame uh all week we didn't get a chance i was hoping to cover it thursday night we didn't actually get a chance to watch it until last night until saturday night so and and a concern for us is always you know are we starting the movie early enough that she's not going to start falling asleep around 10 10 30. Right. Um, because she is a morning person. She goes to bed early. We're, we're opposites in that way, but we put it on just like infinity war. We put it on at pretty late. Like I would say nine 45. And I know like, this is a three hour movie. Like we're going to be up past midnight easily. Right. And, um, there was not even a hint of sleepiness, man. These movies just go and they hook you and they do not let you catch a fucking breath. And that's, I mean, she said the same thing after both movies last night, she was like, my God, like I just, it just kept going.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, it was an intense watch and She had some, you know, I, I, I kind of, I was there for her. I was prepared, (laughs) better prepared this time (laughs) to be a supportive presence. Uh, and I was there for her last night and I tried my best to end it, you know, the night on, on not such a dour, sad note. And, uh, this morning she had some interesting thoughts, which I'm going to get into, but I mean, we start right away and I've, by the way, I recorded it all. So, you know, like I said, all of this is on, is on video at some point. Um, when they show Clint when we see Hawkeye talking to his daughter her first immediately she goes oh no because oh she no. knows she knows what's coming and mind you she hasn't seen any trailers she knows right. she has no setup for this whatsoever and and I could tell she it, it was almost like a um I don't know if anyone's ever been in a car crash but you know you, you don't have a lot of time to prepare yourself. No. It's sort of you're just like, you know, there they, that's why whiplash is a thing because you you know, your muscles are are in the middle of doing something else and then before you know it, boom, you're in something. And I saw that in her. She just like it like there was no breath. Like the the you know, infinity game infinity war ended And she had a week to sort of like absorb that. And she's like, okay, I'm ready. It's like getting a tattoo. It's like, you know, you're in it and you're like, why the fuck am I doing this to myself? And then, (laughs) cause it's so painful. And then you're done and you're like, this looks fucking great. And enough time passes where you're like, Man, I love this tattoo. I want another. And as soon as you're in the chair getting a new tattoo, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this part of it. Why the fuck did I sign up for another one of these? <laughs> and that was it, Joe. As soon as he's interacting with his daughter and they see his family having a picnic, she just goes, oh, no. And boom, she's like holding on for dear life, just waiting for this roller coaster to end immediately. And her daughter disappears. And he turns around and his whole family's gone. And she's in tears. She's crying. She's reaching for the Kleenex. uh, And we're off, man. We're fucking off. And she fully believes in the next scene with, with Tony and Nebula. She fully believes that she is witnessing Tony's last moments. Oh, wow. He says goodbye to Pepper. He records his goodbye. The oxygen is running out. You know, Nebula finds him laying there. She lifts him up and puts him in the chair, and he's done. He's saying, and she's like, I'm watching her, dude, and she's saying goodbye to him, like her favorite. She's like, yeah, this makes sense. I, she's like... I- I should. We deserve this at this point. Like, we're, like this right, is right, right. this is what these movies do. Like, all of the fun and adventure of Marvel movies up to this point is gone. Like, she's just like, oh yeah, these movies are just a punishing <laughs> emotional experience. <laughs> like, I have myself to blame for signing up for another one of these movies, which was interesting for me because I know that this movie is about to be a fun, adventurous romp. Through uh-huh. time, I know that's coming. And I go, fuck, man. They, they, how did they do this? Like, you know, we love these movies for this reason. And then they just punch us in the fucking chest and leave <laughs> us there, like out of wind, catching our breath, thinking we're going to die. They start us back there again with end game. And then what do they do? They take us back to that fun, adventurous romp through most of this movie before the climactic, you know, end battle. Right. Just brilliantly done, and it's so cool to experience this through her. Um, so, so she's saying goodbye to Tony, and then Captain Marvel shows up, and again, just I can't, I, you know, I love trailers, but it, this really has me rethinking my 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 view, intense viewing of trailers, right? Because there's so much information given, yeah. And when Captain, Mar- Mar- you know, Captain Marvel didn't show up at all in the first one until, you know, the, the, the stinger with Fury summoning her through his, his beeper, his pager. Right. And so when she finally shows up, you get that, that hope you get, not only is, is Tony's going to, you know, life about to be saved, but, oh, we got a big gun now Uh huh. we got, you know, and she's interacting with the rest of the team. And she's like, well, you know, why is this going to work? And she goes, cause you didn't have me and there's that like oh fuck yes like they're going to do it and so um i definitely turned on the camera when they tracked down thanos uh <laughs> uh it, it, you know it, it is in his farm or whatever uh huh and when they cut off his fucking head, she goes, "Oh shit," <laughs> like, <laughs> because because it's
0: now what? It's not even like a happy thing, right? I like, I I now remember that. I remember sitting there going, "Okay, what in the hell's the rest of this movie about?" Like exactly, <laughs> it, you you're just like, "Okay, what they just how did what are we?" What now?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's really cemented by Thor's line where it's like, I went for the head. And then he walks off and you're just like,
0: fuck. Like, they're not – they did not win. Like, this is not a win. No. No, And you don't have a triumphant feel about that at all. Like, it doesn't – you expect the defeat of Thanos, especially something that kind of, like, visceral – to mm-hmm. be like a yes moment. And you're not like, you're still suffering from the, like it, it hasn't fixed anything.
1: Yeah. And there's, and there's moments in these movies that are comic book tropes. And, you know, we enjoy them for that reason where they land with Rosie in a completely different way because she doesn't know that they're tropes. And then mm-hmm. there's moments like this where everyone kind of collectively goes, wait, what? And uh, when, when he walks off into the light and then we see the five years later, her eyes just start searching like, wait a minute, wait, what does that mean? Cause that's a finality there where it's like, right. okay, this is not going to be undone. Five years has passed. This is what's going on. Uh, this is, this is real. Like, this is really what's happening. And we're committed to this reality. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when, when they first show, I had to point certain things out. So I have to go, you know, the, the van shows up in storage and she's like, wait, what am I looking at? Is this new? And I go, look at the sign. It says Lang. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, whose last name is Lang? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, that's Scott. That's Ant-Man, Scott Lang. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm there. Like, okay, got it. Like, another thing that I realized, we waited 10 years for this story to finish. So by the time we're watching Endgame, we've seen – most of these movies multiple times right we know them inside and out we know the scenes we're familiar with the stories with the scenes with the setups all that she's seen each movie once yeah so it's not the callback is not as easy for her right yeah so I had to sort of be like, remember when that happened? Remember it was, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Let's get like, I'm there, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, So, so I, I did have to sort of pick and choose my spots where I was doing it. I co- There was a couple of times, of course, where I'm like, remember, she's like, yeah, 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 yeah I got it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'll just shut the fuck up. Then. <laughs> um, So when we see Scott pop out of the, the quantum machine, she's like, oh my God, like, He's like, she's just happy that a good thing has happened, Like, especially because the Ant-Man movies are the fun, light, kind of inconsequential stories in this universe. Right. So for Scott to be introduced to this scenario, it's almost like a relief. It's almost like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like I can just watch Paul, like everyone just wants to watch Paul Rudd at that point. (laughs) Like, I don't care what he's in. Paul Rudd is just an enjoyable watch. So, so Scott is like perfectly cast. Right. Uh, I can see her total body language change. Like she's just like, Oh, cool. Scott. Yes. I just want, I just want to live through Scott's uh, uh, experience of like discovering where he's at now. Cause he doesn't know where he is. He thought he was going to be on a roof. No one is around him. He's walking around going, Hey kid, what happened? And the kid doesn't even answer him. And she's like, Oh no. And then uh, <laughs> she turns to me like, what? And I said, yeah, guess, guess who the, the secret weapon to, to the story is going to be. And she's just <laughs> like, no, like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, and so of course it's like waterworks when he when he faces his daughter who's five years older and that great that great line of you're so big, Ant Man saying you're so big, like yeah, oh my god, dude, like it's a good thing we have a lot of Kleenex (laughs) in this (laughs) house (laughs) because uh, there was a lot of tears throughout this whole and and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna. you will never guess what the the biggest like the he, where the heaving sobs came because there were heaving sobs in this watch, and it surprised me at what point they they happened. Um, so when he says only five hours has passed, that's where it started. It, for us, we're like, yeah, time travel, time heist, awesome. But for her, she's like, I what you know what is that? I don't know what is the implication of that. Like I don't know. And when they start name checking, like oh. Time cop, time bandits, you know, we have seen back to the future. And so this was a thing where it's like, oh shit, I'm so glad. Remember at the whole beginning of this, Joe, I was like, we're not just going to jump into the MCU. We're going to spend a weekend watching the movies that have influenced the MCU. Right, because I'm that much of a fucking thorough geek, you know, <laughs> like just, <laughs> just punishing my friends and loved ones with viewing lists, like watch lists. But we watched Back to the Future. I think we watched the Indiana Jones film. We and and there's references to that, like so. So when they say Back to the Future, they're like, no, dude, like time travel does not work according to Back to the Future. It's not. She's like, I get she was like, cap, I got that reference. (laughs) So I'm like, yes, it's paying off. You know, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that, that Natasha and Steve are so just fucking trying to keep it together and you can tell that they're not doing good. Like that totally landed with her. She was right there with those characters. And Steve is like, we got to move on. That's what we got to do. You can see in his face, he has not moved on at. All. Oh
0: no, he's struggling that, that entire time.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the that counseling group is there
0: for him as opposed to the other way around, right? right. Which honestly you've gotta love about that character. I mean, I know a lot of mm-hmm. people are are the whole Iron Man Captain America thing is is real. Like everybody has their favorites. It's very it's very um I don't remember Edward Jacob <laughs> esque. Um and but I like Yes, Chris Evans is hot, and yes, that may have some influence into why I am Team Cap, but (laughs) you have to love the fact that Cap is just like, he just never gives up. And even right in that moment when he is struggling and he's like, he's still not gonna let himself give up because in his mind, he's there for other people. And mm-hmm. if he gives up, then he's not gonna be able to be there for other people. He keeps saying in the first act, "I because this has to work because I don't know what I'm gonna do if it
1: doesn't. Like he says that a couple of times and you're like, fuck man, like he's really holding on. Like he's barely yeah. holding on. Yeah. And Natasha too is like barely, like this is, I need to do this. I don't know what else to do with myself right now. This. Is is what I need to do. Right. Um and uh it's so funny. So, you know, they go and they see uh they get the idea of, you know, doing time travel and they go to see Tony and he's got this life and it's like it, it, Rosie doesn't skip a beat. She just you can she knows they're not going to let him have this. Like she just somehow she doesn't know what's going to happen, but she's just like and and I think that you know there's something inherent to my girlfriend where uh i think and and a a lot of people are like this i think there's something that feels safe about anticipating the worst right it's like not that you want the worst to happen but if it does happen you can tell yourself that you were prepared or that you saw it coming or that you're at least not caught off guard right right
0: right absolutely
1: and um that definitely came into play when we meet Morgan and we see Tony and, and Pepper sharing, you know, the life that they've managed to build, you know, out in, out in the wilderness or whatever in the in, <laughs> on their ranch or their secluded mountain home. Mm-hmm. and she's just she's not like smiling along with like the <laughs> cute you know the cute moments with Morgan and you know the funny banter between her and and tony she's I'm thinking like oh she's gonna love no like no she's just kind of she's completely skeptical at this point Joe
0: well, but that's all that's the whole point of that character. It's like you i one of the things I don't think we we give the the Avengers. Uh, the infinity war and Endgame, or just a, just the franchise in general is how well sculpted i think as we've gone through your your rewatch like we've real mean we've even made realizations of oh that's why they did this it's like mm-hmm. the death of the death of quicksilver is huge because it establishes that these characters can die and they're not coming back yep um and then when you put morgan in there it's all about like if you want things to go back the way they were, there's going to be consequences.
1: Yes, exactly. It's not an easy fix. No. Yeah, it. it there's a price. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know watching watching Morgan say to Tony for the first time I love you 3000 like there wasn't much of a that that didn't really register much and in my head all I can think is oh the way that is going to hit you later at the end of this movie like oh like even after this movie when people would like tweet that out or whatever it's just like ugh um one thing that she did ask me during the week because uh, we see that you know the, the thing that convinces Tony, to, and I'd forgotten this, but the thing that convinces him to go ahead and, and figure out the time travel um, theory is uh, a picture of Peter uh-huh. and Rosie asked me during the week. So everybody died, right? Like everybody went away at the snap and I said, yeah. And she goes, why, why did Peter's death last longer? She's like, does that, was that because of his like spider powers or something? Like why was he able to like, go away like more slowly and like still talk to Tony as he left. And I'm like, you know, I think there were story reasons for that. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think that was just completely manipulative. <laughs> right, right. And she's like, well, it worked. I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> there, There is the fan theory that his spider sense told him it was going to happen before it happened. And so he had to experience it almost twice.
1: So that was her, that was her guess as well, which I was impressed by. I was like, Shit. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, he figures it out and meanwhile, the, the rest of the group is trying to, is reaching out to, to Hulk as a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and her, <laughs> dude, I don't know how much I'm telling on myself in this, but, um, <laughs> I go, what were your, some of your other thoughts after, you know, after we watched the whole movie, she said, smart Hulk was my favorite. That's awesome. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, Smart Hulk. That was my favorite. That was that was my favorite storyline of all the characters. Like, the evolution of all the characters, Smart Hulk at the top. And I'm like, shit, okay, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know how many people would say that Smart Hulk was their favorite. You know, a lot of people are actually, that was like a really divisive choice. Right, right. Uh, but she was happy for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she was very concerned about him after Infinity War because, like you said, like – the Hulk was too afraid to come out really like
1: it really affected her. That's right. I forgot about that. Fuck. Yeah. That makes sense that she was like, thank God somebody got a happy ending out of this. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, you know, with Stark on board, and, cause they were fucking around and couldn't figure out the time travel thing. <laughs> um, and, and it's like they, they get the team together and, and you, and it's so impactful that Tony and Steve make up. Like they, Mm -hmm. they reformed their friendship and, you know, Tony handing Steve back the shield is such a huge moment. And it, it, it took her right back to where that friendship is fractured. Mm -hmm. And it didn't dawn on me at the time that, you know, Oh yeah, I think you pointed it out. Well, the reason they didn't succeed in an infinity war is because they weren't all together. Right. And now it's like I'm watching it, and I'm going, "Fuck, dude, it's so right there, like it's so in your face." And I think you know Rosie was right there with them. Uh, like that's that's almost like the first win <laughs> that we've gotten in a while.
0: Uh huh. Right? That's why a lot of people. That's why a lot of people tout Zemo as such a a good villain, mm-hmm. just because like he really did contribute to their loss in Infinity War. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, and she feels for, you know, when when we catch up with Barton and he's like on this fucking just massacre run across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh that was that was really painful for her to watch. She she felt a lot for that character. And and I would go, I would just throw out like, yeah, he's called Ronan in the comics at this point. And she's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah shit. So she it's kind of mind blowing to her that like all this stuff has precedence.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Like all of these choices are, are coming from comics. And I would just cl- 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 like clue her in on that in certain moments, right? Be like, yeah. So in the comics, it's called this, or this is a storyline called this in the comics. Uh-huh. And uh, that's, that's a whole other world to her. She's never read a comic book in her life. So that's like, what? Like there's they, these all exist in another format. Like that's bizarre to her. Um, God, where are we at in the story here? Uh, oh my God. Thor, oh my God, like Thor is broken. Joe, the thing about Thor is that he's broken in a way that has doesn't have anything to do with vengeance at this point. Mm-mm. And so, <laughs> I swear, I know my girlfriend so well at this point. I can see her wheels spinning. Like, wait, how are they going to fix this? <laughs> you know because time travel isn't necessarily going to fix all of this right like people have died that had nothing to do with thanos so what and he's he's gone gone like he okay so all of the funny shit with thor like all of the like jokes crack not just about his weight but like like all of the like looks that characters give each other of like this guy's talking gibberish right now like that none of that landed as funny to my girlfriend. <laughs> oh wow. That was not like I was laughing my ass off like when he starts rambling and he's like, "Oh Jane, that's right. No, we're not together anymore." But uh, like that <laughs> none of that was funny to Rosie. She was like, "This is sad. Like this like this poor man needs help." Right. Um so so what comes later for Thor, I think also really like we cried about it this morning again you know uh so so that that whole scene was rather heartbreaking (laughs) for her yeah yeah it was not a funny thing to see this guy kind of like drunk and yelling and you know kind of discombobulated no it was all just like empathy for this character at this point especially considering like what a you know he's so um he's so like like filled with bravado usually right uh and even like we were we were reflecting on infinity war and how he's 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 broken at the beginning of that movie
0: yeah he really is
1: and and throughout the rest of the movie he's just basically a man on a mission Mm -hmm. you know and and he fails in his mission so uh yeah we we were still talking about thor's treatment which makes sense uh because even after Endgame, like Thor and the decisions they made with that character, were a huge another divisive sort of thing, right? Right. Uh, and I shared with her, you know, your your thoughts about how you know it's it's pretty valid that that they keep him, you know, still uh, uh, I don't know, not in his like super fit form, even after he he sort of finds you know some some absolution or, or resolution to his problems. Right. They all get together and they're going on a time heist and it's set and they hang out and they catch up and they have these late night study sessions. What they're doing is they're reforming their bonds, right? As a team. Right. Right. Before they head on this adventure. So this is fucking hilarious to me. I didn't realize this until last night, Joe. Uh, You know, we've talked about how we go about introducing new people to our geeky stuff and how it's a it, there's a there's a method that you go about you don't just throw them into the deep end you know right. there's a whole process where you find things that they're already sort of interested in and you hook them and you kind of like build them along that way so when i first realized we we're going to be watching a lot of movies together i said okay you know here's a movie that we're going to watch together that I think based on what I've learned about you thus far is going to land with you. And then if it lands, you're going to be into the idea of watching movies. You're going to be like, Oh, I want to experience these stories. Right. So that movie was Amelie. It landed. It was a hit. After that, she said, okay, I want to watch movies. And my favorite types of movies are heist movies.
0: Oh, her and I should be best friends,
1: (laughs) dude. (laughs) So we watched a bunch of heist movies together. Uh, she loved, for instance, like the town. She loved that movie. She had already seen oceans 11 and we watched that again. Cause she loves that movie. So I'm like, okay, she's into like, we're getting a team and we're going to do a heist. Uh, not going to subject her subject her to army of the dead by the way
0: so no i was just just, this is making me that much more angry about army of the dead because it's like it's a a zombie heist movie how do you how do you fuck that up
1: right right so i shit you not joe she turns and she looks at me and she's like are you kidding me and i'm like we're about to watch a superhero time heist movie (laughs) (laughs) That's what this is. (laughs) And the smile on her face, she's just like a kid in a candy store, like, oh my God, just pump it directly into my veins. I want this (laughs) now. Uh, And it's great because it's suddenly we're back into the fun adventure of a Marvel, like MCU movie. Uh, and everyone split up into teams and their teams and dynamics that you wouldn't expect. And we get to see these characters that we've met through different franchises all together, like Rhodey and Nebula together. Like who would have thought, Yeah, you know, Um, and like rocket and Thor, which is great because they establish a thing in infinity war, where of all people, rocket is the one to notice that Thor is not in a good place. Right. Rocket, the person who's like or the raccoon who's so fucked up has all this pathos, and he's like, Shit, I know what I'm looking at <laughs> because he, I feel he
0: this. it. He's, he's experienced
1: it, so he can be like, Oh, dude, you're you're not okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the fact that you know the 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 core group goes back to Avengers one, uh she loves Hulk. So when Hulk is embarrassed by like angry Hulk. She, like, that, she loved that take there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, interestingly enough, the, the the shit that landed for me and for most comic book geeks, I don't think, like, while she enjoyed it, it wasn't high on her list. For in- for instance, the battle between the two Captain Americas, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's cool they did that. I lost my shit in the theater, Joe. I yep. was like, fuck yes. Like, who better than to take on Steve and Steve? Right. Uh, and, yeah, she was just kind of like, yeah, that was cool. Oh, America's ass. Yeah, that's that's a neat line there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't until he comes face to face with Peggy that she's like, oh, fuck, that's right. Like, there's a deep sadness at the heart of this character that he even, like, denies. Like, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He hi- He tries his best to hide it from everyone else. Mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. No. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. No, like this, you know, I'm abused here. You know, I, 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 this is my life now. You just got to move on. And it's like, yeah, no, this guy's not happy.
0: Uh, it makes that, it makes the ending so much more poignant.
1: I don't think that real, that Rosie realized how poignant that, that, that character beat was for Steve until that last moment hits. Yeah. It was kind of like at the very end is when you realize how big a thing this has been all along just under the surface.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? how, how much, how much he, he. It's like everybody's sitting here looking at how, how messed up Thor is, and nobody ever really clues into how much Steve is struggling.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, they don't ever really say multiverse in this movie.
2: Mm-mm.
1: I thought they did. I thought my 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 understanding of the MCU multiverse was like, oh yeah, when when Hulk is on that rooftop with the Ancient One, like she breaks down the multiverse. No, she doesn't. Mm-mm. That's just like the first hint of like there's other timelines created when, right? And I was like, oh fuck, I I thought Rosie was gonna have questions about the multiverse, but she's like, no, what are you talking about? Like that's not that's not a thing. I'm not. I don't quite remember exactly when the multiverse becomes an actual. It might be far from home.
0: Yeah, it's Far From Home.
1: Okay, got it. Okay, so we're going to get to that much later. Um, But I will say that when Loki gets his hands on the Tesseract and vanishes, she let out a very loud, oh, shit. That's <laughs> not, like, that's not good. That is very, very bad. And then um, when Thanos realizes, when 2014 Thanos becomes aware of what's going on, there was this, like, all the fun is now completely sucked out of this scenario. Wow. Because now she's like, they're going to lose again. Uh-huh. Like, because you can't, That Thanos has already beat them. Like, right. Thanos is not something that they can overcome. So they're going to lose again. Like, it kind of got this feeling that, like, the room took on this feeling of this is all for nothing.
0: So, so th- you know, I just, I just kind of had a, an aha moment. She hasn't, she hasn't experienced Empire Strikes Back.
1: No, no, she doesn't know
0: what that is. So she's not, she's not aware of the trope. If you're going to have a, a a trilogy, that usually the second movie does not end well, so that you can come back in the third.
1: No. Yeah, she doesn't have any knowledge of, of Empire Strikes Back or any of like the, the, the story like the story structure of these things, right? Right, right. Um I forgot what I was gonna say. There what's cool about these little, you know, I know it's a pain in the ass for editing purposes, but it allows me to kind of read ahead on the synopsis that's in front of me. Right. Um because Okay, so the fact that Thanos is now aware of what's going on and is on his way is very, very bad. And that is something that she immediately did not like. Uh-huh. She just wanted them to have their fun romp through time and just fix it. She didn't want any more friction. She didn't want any, any more uh like sort of pushback on this like just let these people live like just let them have their thing because they all deserve to be happy <laughs> right <laughs> um thor going back and facing his mom was god i almost i i almost uh I don't know I felt you know when certain things happen that you just know based on life experience kind of hit you more than they already would Mm -hmm. just based on your own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I've had a traumatic thing happen to me in my life around something and then I watch a story or a movie where a similar thing plays out, it's just like that much more painful. Right. Uh, That, i think that there was elements of that in sto- in Thor's story storyline with his mother and his sort of resolution that he finds and so i i was i was watching her very closely just to make sure you know we didn't have to stop the movie uh and just sort of like have a moment you know but um right, right. no I mean it's it's a really i think what's the actress's name that plays frigga uh
0: Renee Russo
1: she's Fucking excellent, man! Because yeah. she keeps that whole interaction so wholesome and light, and even though it's really heavy emotional stuff playing out, like she's so knowing and why wi- she literally says, "You're talking to the wisest person in Asgard."
0: Yeah, well, and, and I think I, I I'm very weak on my mor- North mythology. If you're giving me Greek mythology, I'd be all in. But um, uh, I'm pretty sure she's one of the very like she's the most precognitive of the gods and so she she kind of knows what's going on before she knows what's going on. Right. Well that's that's clear in her character. Yes. Like she literally
1: stops and goes tells all her maidens like no you go ahead. Like she knows already something's up. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh and then Tony's whole interaction with his father as well. I just love that. See, you think like <laughs> You think, "Oh, that's good for him." Like he's he's addressing that trauma and he's, you know, resolving it and he's going to be happy or not. And it's like in my head I'm watching Rosie watch this and I'm going, Oh no, like they're wrapping up his fucking story. Is what they're doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like they're bringing his story to a close. They're not like, you know, like like this is this is the end. They're 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 making sure to close the lo- all the loops that have that have been open for this character. They're bringing all of them to a close. So it kind of it need if if you know, what's happening at the end is happening. It need this needs to be a conversation that he has with his father. Right, uh, but she didn't see that coming at all, and i and I was excited to get to that. <laughs> feeling bad, but also can't wait, you know uh-huh. um okay, so I mean, we're there, we're at the like the 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 heaviest sobbing so, like racking sobs, Joe uh is and this surprised me this really took me caught me completely off guard was uh natasha's sacrifice. Oh yeah. I don't let's talk about that because I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't as connected to this character as a lot of people.
0: Um I don't know that it's that. I think I think it it feels for me it felt Not narratively wasteful, but in the context of the story wasteful. You know what I mean? Matt's explaining that well. Um, The fact that she had to sacrifice her life is almost like what should spur everybody on to fight more because it was an unnecessary sacrifice. Right. Right. It it definitely
1: hit home for me in a way that it hadn't before how when they're all back – And they're mourning her and we get that scene of all of them on the dock. It's just a bunch of dudes now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, like, you know, not just because, but her being the only woman on the team really changed the whole feel of the team. Right. And not just because she was the only woman, but like, you know what I mean? Like her character, like added such a huge, important, uh, like facet to the team. The mm-hmm.
0: Well, and they—they and they were her family. I think that was the whole point for her: is that right. she was she was sacrificing herself not for her friends, but for her family, for the people that she felt were the people who got her through her struggles. Yeah, and we'll we'll
1: talk about this more, Rosie and I. But I think it also had something to do with with the the nature of her sacrifice, the fact that she had to fight Clint. In Uh order, in order to be the one to make the sacrifice. Like she was, she, God, now that I'm talking about it, like, I think that this describes my girlfriend actually. (laughs) No, like she's insistent on being the one to make the sacrifice or do the thing because she knows that she can take it. Right. Like she knows that she's strong enough. It, it, you know, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I think I just understand my girlfriend a little bit better now. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, I'm gonna sit with that one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> whoa. So they're back and they have the 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 they have all the stones. They did it. Like they have them. And you're mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, like they 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 outraced Thanos. They have the stones. He didn't get them. It's all good. And then Gamora, I mean, uh, Nebula is present. And you know it's evil Nebula. And she's not saying shit when they all come back. Right. She's just standing there. And, like, Rosiak has an eye, like, on Nebula, like, the whole time. (laughs) Like, while they're talking about this, she's, like, watching. Like, okay, what is she going to do? Because it's not good that she's there. Um. And it happens so fast that Thanos ship comes through the quantum realm. Right. It happens so quickly. And then it just bursts through the roof and you don't see it again. So that like when Hulk does the snap, you're like, oh shit. Like, you know, is he dead? Like what the fuck happened? And then you see, like, there's this like shoulders kind of like relax where it's like, oh, you did it. Like birds chirping, Birds chirping have like a huge presence in this, these like important presence in these movies. Right. It's like the, the birds not chirping is a huge, like audio signal that like something's bad. Like it's, things are not good. And when birds are chirping, it's like, Oh, things are good. Like it's fine. Like the audio, the, the, the editing in this is fucking excellent. And so, as soon as you get the, like, oh, everything's great. And you see Hulk look up through the skylight and you see the fucking missiles come like again, again. And I, and I wish that I could remove my like story skepticism and feel these things the way Rosie's feeling them. But when that Avengers facility fucking explodes, she's like, everyone's dead. Yeah. Like now what? Like now, like who wasn't in that building? Like, oh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Now it's just up to Captain Marvel. <laughs> to <different titles laughs> he's he, not even here. <laughs> yeah. Because he literally just exploded everyone that I love. Like they're gone. And I started recording at that moment because for me, something that still makes me wince to this day, it's even hard for me to, to listen to is when they're in the rubble and you get that that line from Rocket in a panic going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, that just gives me fucking chills. And she just like, she winced and she like hit her face. There was a couple of times where she would like hide her face and I'm mm-hmm. like, she's totally missing what's happening right now. But it's because like, she needs to relieve the pressure. Like she's right, like, right, right. I need to look away and orient myself back in this reality a little bit. <laughs> In order to make it through to the next scene. Um, so I, yeah, I basically had to just film like the last act in, almost in its entirety. Right. Uh, because she doesn't know that the importance of, you know, the three, the trilogy, the, the triad of, of Avengers Hulk is obviously like an honorable fourth, but the Avengers are Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. Right. Right. Like, I, when I even when I say that, Joe, in my head is um, George Perez drawing of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it, that's it, with their arms in the air. Like, yeah. it's those three guys. And so they're, they're standing around, and they're about to face Thanos, and he's just sitting there. And they're slowly walking over to him, and he gives his speech. And she's just, like, beside herself at this point. She's like, nothing good is going to (laughs) happen right now. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty fucking dark, man. Yeah. Like, it is not us. Like, how do I put this? There's a lot of places in this story that are not safe places.
0: No, no. And I I mean, I think we have a less of an impact on it because it has less, less of an impact on us because story-wise we know it's going to be okay in the end like it may not be Mm -hmm. okay for everybody but ultimately the majority of people are going to be okay right right um and and these characters
1: have come so far they're so broken at the beginning of this movie Mm -hmm. that like even just the fact that they get together to pull this heist like i said is a win because they're like they have a goal Right, Like they're trying, you know, it almost, it's not even about the success at this point. It's just the fact, like, can we just always be in the moment of them trying, Right. like, as long as they're avenging, they have a purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's almost like she doesn't want this final battle <laughs> to take place because it's a culmination. Let's just keep them avenging. They're happy yeah. when they're avenging, they're performing yeah. their function as people, Right. Uh, so yeah, so that that final f- fight with Thanos, uh, or penultimate fight, I should say, uh, was pretty intense. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see, um, to see Cap picking up Thor's hammer land with her the way it did. She oh, did it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It did. She sat up. She was like. Yes, like (laughs) she was like (laughs) almost like I knew it, like her and Thor were like in the same place. Like I fucking knew it. Like he, you know, I uh Stormbreaker must not have the same spell on it from Odin than Mjolnir, right? Right. Because at one point, Thanos catches Stormbreaker and is using it on Thor and i never caught that before because i think part of me was like wait he's not supposed to be able to lift that but it's like oh no that's stormbreaker that's not yeah. <laughs>
0: that's stormbreaker is completely different and um which is which is like why him being able to wield uh, mjolnir af- you know after you know when he calls it from you know the past mm-hmm. um like why he says i'm still worthy because that's what judges if you're worthy not stormbreaker right exactly exactly
1: so um yeah she was all in on that like a seasoned comic book reader she was like fucking knew it it makes sense like when you think about Steve, i could see all of that like come overcome her like yeah, yeah, yes yeah. you know and then she's like he's about to kill thanos dude this fucking battle has so many ups and downs yeah like, there's not, like, it's like, yes, oh, no. Oh, yes, oh, no. And and <laughs> you see it all just working on her because she fully believes that Steve's going to kill Thanos with lightning in this moment. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And so when Thanos fucking sends his blade almost through the shield, you're like, wait a minute. She's like, wait a minute. This is not, no. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what, what else can we throw at this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she fully believes that she's seeing Steve's Steve's death. Like, Mm -hmm, he's about mm -hmm. to sacrifice himself because Thanos and his army. Dude, that shot is so fucking brilliant. That that wide-angle shot, you see this tiny little figure of Captain America standing across this battlefield. And then you see Thanos and all his, like, armies Uh rolling up. And she's just, she's like preparing herself. She's like, oh no. Okay. This is, this is so, so Steve's the one who dies. Okay. Got it. Like, goodbye, Steve. You know, this is, this is going to hurt. Um, now I know that she doesn't, we're, we're about later this morning, we're about to watch all the Easter eggs. Uh huh. I know that she didn't recognize, I mean, the, the, on your left Uh uh-huh. line, you know, but just the fact that the Wakandans walked through that portal. She did exclaim. She did. (laughs) She she did let out, you know, uh, like an exclamation as that was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, When Falcon busts through, when everyone comes through the tears start again, the happy tears. She's just so happy. But then she's like, oh, my God, like they're about to have a brutal war. Mm -hmm. Like. And, and even that doesn't let you breathe because it's there's no like clear decisive moment. It's all up and down. One side is winning, the other side is winning. Like you see these shot, the editing is brilliant. The editing is fucking insane because you it see, really is. You see these shots of like the I don't know what you would call them, like positive beats. Uh huh. Right, like positively charged beats, where it's like this person punches this demon, and this you know person swings in and gets this, and then it's immediately followed by negatively charged beats. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 a million little wins and losses throughout this battle. That moment when um, Wanda walks into the scene, Rosie was like, "Oh my god." And I and I didn't in my head. I was like, Does she know? Does she realize that Wanda's the strongest Avenger, like secretly,
2: mm-hmm. this
1: whole time? Like Wanda's actually just learning to use her powers. Does she realize? And I think she did because when Wanda faced off with Thanos, there, there wasn't like a oh my god, Thanos is about to kill Wanda. There was a like fuck yeah, he deserves what's about to happen to him. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, I, I remember that moment. I thought I thought that Wanda was so well handled in that that scene like that moment because it really is like I think I think right there when you now that we know what happens to her moving forward I think that moment is kind of that teetering on the edge Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know that's that that's her that's her moment where she's just like I do think that if like she may have been a lot better if she would have been able to just take out Thanos because I I think she would have felt like she had that closure
1: I was surprised at how that uh, standoff went in in endgame at the time i was shocked i i didn't expect that from wanda not knowing that much about the character uh i was equally surprised last night to see rosie like right there with wanda like oh no dude yeah. like you're not gonna do what you think you're <laughs> gonna do to this character and i was like oh shit okay yeah she gets wanda's character like that's oh i can't we're watching wandavision next i can't fucking wait dude that's that's really exciting because well, you're gonna watch that before you watch um far from far home. from home yeah we're doing timeline we're doing uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna that was a choice i made this morning we're gonna stick with timeline so um when quill uh meets up with gamora and walks up to her and he goes you're alive and he goes to touch her face before anything happened rosie goes no he doesn't she doesn't know you idiot (laughs) (laughs) and sure enough she fucking belts him and he's like oh fuck she's like yeah no he doesn't know she doesn't know that's not her like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing what's wrong with you um so all of that was so amazing to experience with her um the the as i said the battle just doesn't let you breathe uh poor spider-man like when he shows up again and then they meet imme- is great but then they immediately put him in danger right Because he's got to like carry the fucking gauntlet across the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Captain Marvel shows up while he's, while they're raining fire down on the battlefield, cause that's fucking intense because at one point the fighting completely stops and everyone's mm-hmm. just cowering for their life. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's really dark because everyone is on the verge of like getting blasted out of existence at that moment. The,
0: the image of all the, all the sorcerers like, turning their shields up yes like that to me that is just such a a haunting like moment yep absolutely and it's so cool it's such a cool demonstration of their
1: powers and how they they all bring something unique to that battlefield right Mm -hmm, mm uh and you're right that's the sign that like oh shit this is this is really bad right now um so when carol shows up she doesn't know what that is at first. She's like somebody blasted something. There's a ship in the atmosphere that blew a hole in Thanos's ship. What is that? And then it's revealed that it's Carol. Uh-huh. And she's like arms in the air like yes. Like yes. Like, Here we go. Um do you remember do you remember how you felt about the sort of like the the lady power like w- like b- b- boss boss girl moment
0: i i really liked it i thought it was just cool because i felt like i don't feel like it was the triumph that they wanted it to be mm-hmm. but i think it was at the very least an acknowledgement of how they need to do better with their female representation yeah yeah and so for me i thought it was like i i appreciated the gesture is how I kind of took it. Right.
1: Yeah. I I felt the same way about it. I was, you know, especially when you're watching it for the first time and you're caught up in the moment of everything that the drama of everything that's happening, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Rosie, I think just picks up on story things that I don't, I don't know if it's because she's, just like fully there emotionally like I'm a comic book fan I'm coming at it from a different angle maybe but she like immediately picked up I'm like okay, this is cool but then when when Carol kind of blast through everything on her own, I uh-huh. could see Rosie going like yeah that was cool but like kind of what was the point of that like it's <laughs> yeah.
0: why it should have been nebula that's why it should have been nebula.
1: That's all I could think about Joe. That was all I could I almost played the the Nando video after but I'm like no like that's that's you know a deep dive we could do that at some later point if if there's interest there but that right. was all I could think about.
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorite videos of his. Oh, I like as far as I'm concerned that's canon. Like you can't you can't convince me
1: otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right away, I wasn't expecting that moment to that final moment to really come, come up on us as quickly as it did. I don't know why, but I was like, before you know it, they're, they're in a wrestling match for the gauntlet
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I'm like reaching for my camera, like, Oh my God, like it's right here. Like, shit, (laughs) let me, I need to get this. (laughs) And the thing is Joe, um, she like, she's with the, the triumph of the moment of 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 tony's moment
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know she thinks thanos is about to snap she's like this can't be happening again uh and when when tony snaps she sees it as a hundred percent good uh-huh she doesn't even realize like i am iron man right uh-huh uh uh <laughs> Remind me of something that happens to this point that, that she comments on later on that kind of fucking broke my brain. Okay. Okay. But this moment happens. We see Thanos and his, and his army dusted. And she's like, perfect. She has no clue what's about to happen. She has, Um. I I don't know. I don't know if it's because they make it so clear. Like you see the shape of Thanos's body at the beginning of the movie. You Um. see the Hulk barely survive snapping and bringing everyone back right 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 so when they cut to that shot of Tony, she it was almost like a like a bait and switch it was almost like the the rug being pulled off from under her moment she went oh oh no oh no oh no like she just kept like oh no mm-hmm as she like started to realize like, wait, you're telling me there's going to be a price to pay and it's this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, it was really hard to watch Joe. It was, I, I, I put the camera down. I mean, you can still, she's still on camera, but I, I put it down and I went over to her to make sure like she was okay. Right. During right. During this, cause it's her favorite character. Like stark from the beginning from the first iron man we remind you we didn't watch iron man first we watched captain america first then we watched captain marvel then she met tony but immediately after that first iron man film she was like i'm team tony for sure mm-hmm. she always has been she just has a different feel about her when tony is on screen
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the fact that i knew she was going to be watching his death and be saying goodbye to him i knew it was going to land hard and it was it was very very emotional. I can't tell you how emotional. <laughs> and they don't really give you god damn it man. They shit. They hit you with the the three mo- most important people to Tony. Yeah. Rhodes, Peter, and Pepper. Right. Like one after the other after the other saying goodbye to him. And then mm-hmm. he's gone and I swear dude Rosie is still going, "Oh no, oh no." Um and then they cut right
0: to his funeral can can I just take a second and tell you how like amazing Pepper is as a character in that moment yes like just so like like she has got to be dying inside but yes. that the moment before he goes she knows she has to be there for him
1: yes yeah that really landed with me last night I never thought I never noticed that or thought about that before and I realized like in that moment, like how strong she's being mm-hmm. right. And I right. swear, I mean, it's probably because I was watching it with my girlfriend who's, who's just very quietly, probably this, one of the strongest people that I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> like this character is super important. And the way that Gwyneth Paltrow is playing this character in this whole last section is so important to like the ending of the story. Yeah. My God. Um, We cut right to his funeral, and there's no question, like, the finality of it. Like, no, like, we're not – this is – we're not letting you off the hook here. This is a funeral. Everyone is saying goodbye, and you see everyone there. Did she know who the kid was? No, she didn't. Okay. I said, that's the kid from Iron Man 3. I just guessed that she didn't. When he was on screen, I said, that's the kid from Iron Man 3 that helps him with his suit. And she went, oh. So I'm like, okay,
0: she was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I was just like – like, that was, I think, the first thing I Googled on my way out of the theater was, who in the hell was the kid in the funeral? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, most of the theater, right? Sometimes right, right, I just right. sometimes
1: I just guess correctly. I'm just like, I'm going to give her this bit of information. And she goes, oh. And I'm like, okay, yeah. That was a <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah>. good <laughs> yes. Um. So, the other thing that I think really landed with her was the brief interaction between Wanda and Clint. Oh, Yeah. Cause she was like, oh, that's right. Like they're, they're gone, gone. Yeah. Like that didn't have anything to do with the snap. And, um, you know, we get, we get Steve's, uh, final moments. And like I said before, oh, you know, the moment that he hands the the shield to, to, um, to Falcon,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, that was like, fuck yeah like she almost like raised her fist in the air <laughs> that was like a yup that was like a very s- that satisfied smile of like as it should be like i think she literally said that afterwards too like as it should be that's right yeah so that landed really well um and like i said before you know it wasn't until that final shot of the movie where steve is finally having his dance with peggy that she realized like fuck that's been dry. That's been weighing this character down this entire time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: this entire time. And, uh, Joe, I shit you not man. As the uh, first of all, as, as, the credits roll, she just put her head down for a long time. I did not see her face. She buried her head in her pillow and she stayed there for a w- I would say through the first half of the credits. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she was about to get up and I said, "Hold on, you know, you don't want to miss the the, the kind of like the the call. What are the what is it called when you a curtain call?" Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, "You don't want to miss this." And she's like, "Okay." And so she but she kept her head down through up until that point. And I was like, "Hey, right. look at this." Um I <laughs> shit you not, man. We lay there kind of like we had just ran a marathon.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um and I shit you not as soon as the the final Marvel thing you know, a, a logo ran across the screen and you hear Tony's, the sound of Tony's hammer building the first, the Mach 1 armor. Uh-huh. <laughs> she goes, I kind of feel bad for Thanos too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, uh, What? That's she goes, awesome. She goes you know he just tried really hard to accomplish his goals and he didn't get to i'm like how much empathy can a person have what are you <laughs> oh, talking that's
0: about brilliant. that's brilliant
1: he's a genocidal madman yeah but, <laughs> but he wanted it so he would have been so happy if he had succeeded oh kind of wanted that for him not gonna lie i'm like what the are you you're a dangerous person you're a dangerous person Uh, (laughs) so you know just for for those my friends out there if I become a completely unbearable person (laughs) a couple years from now you'll know why you know who enabled me all the way there okay (laughs) because this this person is is feeling for Thanos (laughs) wow he just you know Oh, you can tell he really wanted it. He was so sad at the end. I felt bad for him. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: I mean, okay, you gotta, you do have to give it to them again for creating a character where you could actually even think that.
1: Right, right, absolutely. He, that's what she said. She said he really thought that he was doing the right thing. Yeah and that's why cuz i did question her what the fuck you know <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> explain yourself show your yes, work no really <laughs> and she that's what she said she said he really thought he was doing the right thing you can't you can't blame him for that like fuck okay you you found it you found the justification kudos um so what i did after this joe because this i mean we took a little break you know like hey stand up yeah climb out of the bed, climb out of the world that you have just been in breathe, you know, a little more tears for Tony for sure. She was upset about that. I didn't like that. Tony, you know, had to sacrifice himself. I did was not happy with that ending. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I said, okay, you know, you you know what, let's do this. Let's watch some trailers. So. Chronologically sort of, I said, this is what comes next. We watched the trailer for WandaVision. Okay. She said, oh my God, I can't wait to watch that. I said, we're watching that next. And it's a television series, so there's multiple episodes. She's all in on Wanda. Uh, then I showed her the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I said, this happens six months after Tony's funeral. Wanda's thing happens three weeks after Tony's funeral. This is what happened six months after Tony's funeral. We watched the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She said, that looks like a shitload of fun. I said, it is. It's great. We're going to watch that after. Then I said, this happens eight months after Tony's funeral. And I showed her the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. And she loves Spider-Man. And she loves the idea that Tony's legacy is living on and that his death is having an impact that we're not just forgetting about Tony. Right. She loved that idea and seeing happy and, you know, yes, she was all in on that. That actually, I think brought a little bit more closure for her in that moment.
0: That's good. That was a good call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I said, after that, (laughs) We're jumping back in time. Do you remember at the end of Civil War when everyone kind of had to go on the run? You know, Captain America goes on the run. Falcon goes on the run. Uh, Hawkeye and Ant-Man are on lockdown. She's like, yeah, I remember all that. So Natasha goes on the run and has an adventure. And we're going to get to watch that adventure. Because she was really upset by Wanda's sacrifice. I mean, by
0: Natasha's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Is that when the movie is supposed to take place? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, yes. that makes me kind of more excited about it then. Yes, she. This
1: is post Civil War. She goes and and has this adventure. So I showed her the trailer for for Scarlet Witch uh, for um, not Scarlet Witch uh, Black for Widow. Black Black Widow, and she's like, "Fuck yes!" Like I can't. <laughs> my <laughs> girlfriend also loves action movies. Nice. She loves so she's like, "That looks fucking amazing." Then I said. <laughs> This is what I've been geeking out on over the last week. Then I explained to her, okay, so at the beginning, the Celestials are an ancient alien race of giants. A single Celestial head can be mined for its resources by humans. And that's what we saw. And she was like, oh yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, boom, you're right there with me. Great. You're a full-on Marvel geek now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Congrats>. <laughs> I said, yeah, So that's how big they are. They came to earth. They created three types of beings. They created eternals. They created deviants. And then they created what
0: humans, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah.
1: And I said, so the eternals, you know, have these powers, uh, remember Peter Quill is part celestial. His dad is a fucking planet. And she's like, oh, that's right. Okay. I go, Thanos is an eternal. But he has a deviant gene and she's like, oh, fuck. Okay. We're getting a movie called The Eternals. <laughs> she gets this look in her eye and I'm like, I don't know if we're going to learn about Thanos's origin. We might. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. I can't say. But we're about to watch this trailer. So I put on the trailer and she was like, what the fuck? That looks epic. I'm like, yes, it does. So that's how we ended the night last night.
0: That's awesome. That's a really That was a really good way to kind of just like... Now she's now that she's kind of caught up she can now kind of start experiencing stuff with us as as we go and I think that's going to be a whole different experience for her because she's still not going to know all the tropes she's still not going to know all the history but now she's like in the same boat as us where we don't know what's going to happen. Like none of us know what the hell internals is going to be like. What exactly. is that movie? Exactly.
1: Nobody knows. <laughs> exactly. I also forgot to mention, I did throw in the Shang-Chi trailer in there. And the last final thing we watched after the eternal trailer was the amazing epic Marvel phase four trailer that they released. Nice. So we watched that and her big takeaway after we watched all those trailers as we were getting ready to, to close our eyes for the night She said, it doesn't end like in a good way. Like it's Uh not, that wasn't the ending. Like we keep, like we get to keep going and I'm like, yup, we get to keep going. Exactly. So yeah.
0: Oh, so awesome. So awesome. Like thank her for letting (laughs) us all take this journey with her because like, you know, I don't think she understands how, how, unique a position she's in and how excited we've all been to be able to experience these movies in a way that we never were able to do ourselves because exactly we all had some some form of warning ahead of time i mean
1: i think at this point i'm like i wonder if that's part of the reason why we love watching movies together Mm-hmm. Like in theaters and stuff is because we may not know like everyone else in the theater, but we know that we're all having some kind of experience mm-hmm. and that adds I, so much to it.
0: That reminds me, I I don't I think you saw it on one of our former students, um, Ray and I actually both talk, taught this individual. I want to say he was in my very first class at iPoly. Oh, Michelangelo. But- yeah, Michelangelo. So he he sent us a picture, and I'll try and post it on the oh. website. But it's a picture that he took during Endgame. And it's it's just two dude bros sitting next to him in the theater. He didn't know who these people were, but they I – mean, I've got to pull up the what he said about it. They're um, in
1: tears, he said.
0: <laughs> they're, they're in tears, and they're sitting next to him. And – uh, he said, "Forgot to send this to y'all before Ray and his girlfriend got to Infinity War." The random guys next to me in the theater on opening night, uh, and they said, "Oh my god, what just happened? I'll never forget." Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, that- that's what that was their reaction after the snap.
1: So it's just been really cool to watch these movies and and re-experience the stuff, but then like with Rosie, because she's experienced it for the first time. And I feel like in a way it's, it's, it's giving me some of what I've missed over the last year, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and the fact that we're hopefully going to. You know, in a safe way, go back and and experience these movies in the theater. That was another question she asked last night. She's like, "Are we going to get to watch these movies in the theater?" And I said, "I hope so. Like that would yeah. be great if we can. That would be great uh, because it is. It's 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 almost like uh, now I'm realizing like what I've missed. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, and I feel like she's been able to give that to me. Uh, so like I'm really grateful for this experience." <laughs>
0: yeah no thank you rosie and and we're excited that she's now part of the gang
1: <laughs> oh yeah she she's is all up. <laughs> she's fully on board man she's like she cannot wait she is so invested in the Marvel universe now
0: oh, it's such a it's such a an amazing i don't know it's just this this like whole other thing that exists that we all get to be a part of and I yeah think it's so awesome yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's it's a whole new way of storytelling, really, when you consider all the different media they're tying in and, and how how far they're going to make everything matter.
0: Yeah. We're pretty spoiled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, any any other things that we need to talk about or should we start wrapping it up? Ooh, I think I think we're good.
1: I think we should stop here because you and I will find something else to keep talking about. And we will go on, but uh, I love this like part. I love this this zombie shot with a end game chaser
0: (laughs) Uh, format
1: that we pulled off somehow without any planning whatsoever in this episode.
0: Yeah, two 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 weeks in a row. Zombies first act, (laughs) (laughs) rose second
1: act. (laughs) That's right. That's hilarious.
0: That's great. Um, And if you're if you're sad that the rewatch is mostly over. We still have the the two TV series and far from home. And then by then we should probably be close to getting into Loki,
2: um,
0: which is exciting. Uh, But I am going to be starting my own rewatch now that I am off of school. And what I'm going to try and do is if I can, if I know ahead of time when I'm going to watch it, like my first, my hope is that my first one will be tomorrow at three. What I'm going to try and do is, let everybody know when I'm going to start. Do the Disney share thing that you can do. Yes. So can watch it together. And then I'm going to probably open up a Discord channel. And so if you want to hop into Discord, we'll just talk about it while we watch. That's great. So this is something that we're going to do. And I, I know what I originally said that I was going to try and do at the same time every day, but a, I don't want to, I don't want to subject my husband to that because I know he's got other things that he wants us to be able to do. <laughs> and, um, and I want everybody to be at least able to participate in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I know he's going to be out of town for a couple of days. So maybe those days I do them a little bit later in the evening so that people who are on the West coast have a little bit more of a chance to see them mm-hmm. and then maybe on weekends, I'll try to do them a little bit more in the morning um, so that people who have that time slot open can can hang out. And so that's what I will do. I'll try and post on... Um, Discord or Slack? Slack? Well, I'm going to post on Discord, Slack, and Twitter, I think, to just let people know when the next one's going to be. But I think I'm going to see if I can open an actual discord channel that's just dedicated to Marvel rewatch. Got it. And that way, cause, cause then you could just talk about it. It's just like hanging out in the same room while we're watching. The, yeah, totally. The movie. Totally. And then what I'm going to do in pair with that is I'm going to try and watch before we go into it, a lot of the Easter egg stuff. Yeah. And so I'll try and post those as well. That's great. Those add so much. Yeah. Because I mean, I I'm a geek, but I miss stuff. <laughs> same.
1: Same. I'd rather get caught up in the story anyway as I'm watching and then go back later and see the stuff I missed.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Since I've seen it all now, I'm going to watch them before so that I can see them as they happen. Yeah. Great. Great. Alrighty. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, and Sometimes Rob, and Meeting Habits of the Modern Geek. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, and TroidalPower, Power, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can f- currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcasters out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at JoeHogan at Geek2.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Graze. Ray, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on social media where I live practically on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ray Vargas three. It's Ray Vargas and the number three. And if you put a .com at the end of Ray Vargas three, you can go to my website and check out my artwork.
0: And if you've never checked it out as artwork, like I, I really do have, like he, he should be promoted because it made an amazing artist and like... I think there's a lot of people out there that go, Oh yeah, I mean I artist no, he's an artist. Like oh, <laughs> he thanks, knows Joe. his shit. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> no, no problem. I just I just know. I know it's the same thing with people who do theater. It's like, oh you do theater, that's great. No, this person actually knows what they're <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> like, is that just somebody who like, oh I draw once in a while.
1: <laughs> oh the arts.
0: <laughs> oh the arts. All right, folks, um, I we don't have a plan for next week. I think we're right now just kind of recovering from the end of the year, and so we'll, we'll let you know. If, you, if there's stuff you want us to check out, let us know. I know I've got to catch up on um, – is it Invincible?
1: Oh, that is so good, Joe.
0: Yeah, I think that might be my next project to would, try and
1: – I would also uh, not mind doing a deep dive on the Eternals. Like maybe we could have Rob on soon and – have a talk about like the history of like these stories and what these characters mean and that sort of
0: thing. Right. I've got to do that. And, and for Lyle, who I know listens, I'm, I'm now I have time to get back and finish our new mutants reread because yeah, I actually have time to breathe. It's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy.
1: Take a bunch of new mutants comics with you on the road.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's it. Remember this week, keep it geek.